Hello, and welcome to the Geekiest Podcast, where we sit around and talk to our friends about all things geeky, all the while giving each other geek points to determine who is the geekiest. Welcome to the Geekiest. I'm Joe. I'm Kayla. I'm Will. And I'm Ed Cannell of Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia. And I'm Matt Anton, also of Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia. Hello, gentlemen, and welcome to the Geekiest. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for having us. <laughs> it's it's yeah, our pleasure. Uh, so uh, we've got Matt and Ed from Suspicious Behavior Productions. And, and, and as I said, Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia is yeah. their their comic series uh six-part comic series uh the idea when i when i read it i just like the the kid who grew up in the 80s watching <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> watching the, the the hulk hogan cartoon the rest the, the wwf cartoon just was like okay this this all makes sense of course <laughs> right, right. <laughs> i really yeah, could see I can really see the Ultimate Warrior being the one declaring yeah. himself the Galactic Champion, and then just you know taking on all comers. Absolutely, yeah. the 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 concept, which reads pretty well, uh, even you know for people who aren't into wrestling or, or or weren't into wrestling in their youth, but it's this disgruntled professional wrestler. He's angry at his promoter goes on live TV and he cuts a promo and he says, I don't care about any world championship belt. I'm the galactic champion of the universe. And of course the TV signal goes out into space and it's many years later, but a planet of alien wrestlers, Russeltopians uh, don't take kindly to this boast and invade the planet in a nutshell, as you said. And, uh, yeah, so we, 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 we get a lot of that, that reactions um, because it is it, it kind of kicks off in 1984, and then you know 15 <laughs> years later it's 1999. It's kind of like the Attitude Era, and you called it with with all, with you know the the leader of this this uh, group of WrestleTopians, the one true Galactic Champion, um, <laughs> is going to remind you of the Ultimate Warrior. He's and, and you know Matt here actually did a brilliant job with that character. Um, some of my favorite bits of the comic book is reading his his just insane rants towards uh at one point he he you know uh i think the way we introduce him is uh you know people are watching like this morning show like good morning america type of show and the uh the guys you know the news reporters talking to the camera about you know some silly segment they're gonna do and he gets absolutely brained by a steel chair and then (laughs) Manifest Destiny steps in front of the camera and starts ranting at the entire planet <laughs> about the, their, their temerity of declaring their own galactic champion. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's one of my favorite parts of the whole book. And uh, Matt here wrote, wrote the dialogue for it. He did an awesome job. Well, you know, you, you just listen to, I don't know, a collective like three hours of like Ultimate Warrior promos on YouTube. And you, you just sort of like get used to like his bizarre sentence structure. And, 
Yeah, like yeah, his promos are absolutely surreal if you actually like transcribe them, oh. try to make sense of them. <laughs> it's oh. something I never picked up on as a kid. Like <laughs> really? for some reason they made sense to me as a kid. And now <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you, you, That's you because you didn't know about acid when you were a kid. <laughs> I was just about to say, like you were maybe a little older when you got into wrestling and maybe you were smoking pot already and you totally well, I, I think I just didn't really pay attention. It was more his presentation, you know, his enthusiasm <laughs> right, right. and the actual content of his uh, promos. Well, that's like listening to a, uh, going back now and listening to like a Macho Man promo. It is. <laughs> oh, also, yeah, yeah. just oh, absolutely. He just it's like Finnegan's weight. As well. Yeah. <laughs> the, I have to bring this up, but it, it just, every time I think, I actually, I bought some uh, exercise equipment when this pandemic hit. And, uh, you know, which doesn't do me a lot of good right now because, I, but I put uh, the, a poster of the ultimate warrior on the wall in the garage for some inspo. <laughs> so I see him like, I see him, I see him like every time I walk in the garage. And the only thing I can think about is the one promo he cut where uh, Mean Gene Oakland introduces him and says, you know, what do you have to say? Manifest says, or what do you have to say? Uh, ultimate warrior. And he just looks at Mean Gene and goes, you are but a normal, <laughs> right? like, he's, like he's not fit to in, inhabit the yeah. same space, you know, as the warrior. It, it just calling someone a quote unquote normal as an insult is, is the greatest promo. Oh, that is, that is the, I think that's the quintessence <laughs> of, uh, of the ultimate warrior was, yeah, he was right. somehow that, Next level. <laughs> yeah. He was on a plane that the rest of us couldn't really get to. And that and none of us wanted to get to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, with, you know, with just the right mix of cocaine and anabox steroids, I think you could <laughs> possibly reach that plane. Or you could have gone to Warrior University when you <laughs> watched that venture. It that was like true. It was like going that to was- India and making a... A pilgrimage I, to that was a thing, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah you could have unlocked yeah. all the secrets, <laughs> oh, ended man. up on a ended up on a space jet to uh Zanzadu or Zanzibar. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. So it's been great, like you said, six issues, it's finished, it's out there, or you know, it's on Comixology, and um. Uh, so the whole thing is done now. There's, 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 there's no waiting, and um, I think we're okay to, to talk about this, right? We're, yeah, yeah. We're pretty serious at this point. We're gonna, you know, so it's not in print. Uh, we, our timing for this comic book could not have been better because we started making it when sort of the direct market for for individual issues or what they call floppies was already kind of crumbling, and we're complete unknowns, and. Um, and then, and then, and comic book stores were already kind of having a rough time. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. And you know, um, anyway, uh, so they they exist right now only on Comicsology. But we're going to do a Kickstarter in March to have a, a, a collected volume, a trade in print. So people, you know, have expressed a lot of interest in in having it in print. So this will be a way to do that. And. Uh, have some fun with it as well. So March we'll, we'll be doing that Kickstarter and um, that'll be, that'll be your chance to, to pick it up in a tangible tactile format. 
That's with that's cool. new bonus content and a beautiful right. new painted cover by Ryan Lang. Yeah, nice. yeah, it'll be really yeah. cool. So, um, there's a lot of chemistry between you two. So, uh, h- how'd you two meet? Oh, <laughs> We've um, known each other for thirty plus years now. How we? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> I like how you had to do a double take. I think the pandemic, <laughs> 2020 counts as like five, but still, I mean, um, only five? actually, yeah, well, it's true. Okay. So it might be yeah, 30 in, in pandemic years. Um, we actually, our day job is actually, we're writers. We write full, we're full-time. Our job is to, is writing in the video game industry. And, um, we've both been doing that since early 2000s. And, uh, so we're, we're really lucky to do that. And we, we met, you know, Matt got hired at this uh, video game studio I was working at and we were working on games, um, doing a lot of writing for them. And it was leisure suit Larry Magna cum laude, actually, uh, if so, probably at least some people will remember that game and, and, uh, an ill-fated sequel to it that never, <laughs> never shipped. <laughs> but, you know, among other, other duties, we did a fair amount of writing and we worked together on that and kind of realized like, Hey, this is really fun or, you know, um, ended up, you know, we both, we're both full-time like freelance people and we, we have worked on and off together on a number of projects for different clients. And, uh, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. Together. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, as you can kind of see above the monkey lamp, the, uh, you can kind of see the poster for lumberjack band back there, which is a pancake themed horror film. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it, um, so we have worked together a lot, like you say, and and uh, that was also what was real fun with this comic book was for Matt and I, you know, we, we work for video games and, and it's a great job and it's really fun. We're really lucky and, and it's work for hire. You know, people hire us to mm-hmm. bring their vision to life and work, you know, work with them. But the comic book was just like, it's us. We're paying for it. We can do whatever we want. And it was just us two. And we had a blast, you know, we knew it wasn't going to, you know, we, we, we knew it wasn't going to be perfect. It, we knew it was our first, you know, it's our first comic book, uh, miniseries, but it was, it was so freeing to be able to just do whatever, more or less, whatever we wanted. Um, it, you know, I, I've been in the game industry for 20 years and that's not really the way it goes with video, <laughs> video games. Right? So uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's, it's been great. I, I hate to interrupt and have to have to ask you to backtrack, but a pancake themed horror movie. It's a great, I, I love lumberjack man. And it's um, so this is a good friend of ours who, you know, was his dream to make, make this film. And it, it's about an undead lumberjack who rises from the dead to wreak vengeance on those who stole his pancake recipe. (laughs) (laughs) He drags behind him a giant griddle with huge pancakes. Just to further complicate. You you can finish. You you can, (laughs) Matt can tell you what he does with the pancake griddle. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, he, he wants vengeance for the fact that his, uh, his family uh, pancake recipe was stolen and then commercialized as a widely available product on shelves sure. all across America, uh, you know, as, as you do, you know, right. and, uh, also for, you know, whatever reason, uh, he has a, like a giant griddle that he drags behind him, like perpetually, 
with, um, as the producer director of the film described it to us, uh, double dare, super sloppy double dare size pancakes. (laughs) 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 And, And he saturates the pancakes with the blood of his victims. (laughs) and and the more pancakes he eats the more powerful he gets but um for reasons that are never really truly explored he uh he can't just eat the pancakes on their own he need you know the blood condiment is essential well i always saw it as a way of consecrating (laughs) it's shrove tuesday it's a whole it's a whole backstory you have to just watch the film it's all there you know on Okay, so I, I, I was I'm, just... I'm looking at the IMDb <laughs> yeah, right now, and what I mean, the hell happened? What, 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 no, I, I, I just pulled it up. I was like, oh, and it had Michael Madsen in it. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was what, what do we have? A three something? A four something? What, what, what's the uh, four point two out of ten? Ooh, That's it, impressive. Yeah. What's it? One point two. Oh boy. Four point two. Four point two. Honestly, for a, for a horror film, that's. I mean, I mean. Not so bad. I honestly feel like, in defense of the film, it's a great horror comedy. I think there were some people that maybe looked at it on the surface and said, you know, we're expecting maybe uh, something different, and 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 you know, we're you know that it was too much. Like you know, a lot of people compared it to like Hatchet or Friday Thirteenth, and it's really it's really very different. You know, it's not it's not you know in my mind at all the same as those films. So if your expectations are that it's, it's, it's a cool comedy horror with lots of blood and some cool murder death, I think you'll be very happy, pleasantly surprised. Lots of nudity. It's that's, it wasn't us, but, but there <laughs> lots of nudity. In the film. And I, hey, I, I if think a guy can make a horror movie about a walrus, you can make one about a guy who eats pancakes. Yeah. And yeah. I Tusk. Tusk was so weird. And that I I liked it. <laughs> it ended up oh, winning yeah. me over somehow. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's no, a great I, movie. Uh, Kayla and I are huge uh, Kevin Smith fans, and uh, okay, yeah, we we actually back in February, back in the way way back, uh, we actually COVID. <laughs> we we back tra- in the time before COVID. Yeah, the world we, was we, new. Yeah. Happy times, and oh. people could people could get together. We uh, we trekked up to uh, Jacksonville. Uh, to see uh, me, Kayla, and uh, one of our other hosts, Pete. We went up there to see the uh, reboot roadshow uh, and the Q and A afterwards. And, oh, okay, uh, with Kevin Smith. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was uh, it. Was just an enjoyable time. I mean, it's one of those where it's like you get done and you realize you've been sitting there for like four and a half hours, and <laughs> you're like, I could, I could sit here longer. I, I. Tusk just kind of surprised. Like I wasn't expecting Tusk. I was just kind of like, "Oh, Tusk. I don't care. What is, I don't know what this is about." Kevin Smith. Okay, and it was just like kind of brilliant. I'm like, "Hey, Kevin Smith is back." I know he never really went away, but uh, I was really impressed. Um, and I loved Clerks. I remember, remember when Clerks came out. I was working in a video rental shop. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was like, "Yep, this is this is pretty much what it's like." Like he's he's, he's dead on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 I like. Uh, you know, I'm a fan as well. I wish we could get him a copy of uh, WrestleTopia, but maybe he'll, uh, maybe <laughs> we can send him the trade. We'll, we never know. Well, when the world is no longer on fire, he is personally <laughs> touring again. <sighs> we'll meet him at a con somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 
we did that. We did kind of the same thing um, with the Evil Dead, with Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, and uh, so we had uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, blinking on his name. Someone help me out here. Bruce um, Campbell. Bruce Campbell did a Q and A uh, when Matt and I were both working at High Voltage Software, and he uh, lives in Oregon. Uh, he has like a violet farm or a lavender farm, which is like, a, I guess it's a big deal out here in Oregon. <laughs> and yeah, he has one out here somewhere, but, uh, I've never, I've never That's seen a key him. Point. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen him walking around Portland. So I don't, I, I don't know where, <laughs> what he does with this. You know, he's where he's a busy guy. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's an interesting guy, um, to interact with. I did have the pleasure of uh, getting to interact with him at a con. Um, I used to do uh, I used to do Volcon okay. uh, back in the day, and uh, we were performing there. The I used to be part of a Renaissance Stage Combat Troupe, and we were performing there. Wow. And uh, he came to our show, um, and the show was kind of this very odd mix of the Renaissance and Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> uh, like you do. But, like you do. Um, <laughs> but he appreciated it. Uh, and the whole thing was that it was supposed to be like a holodeck program kind of a thing. And we had a, a host who was playing uh, um, like a, a Starfleet instructor. So she was kind of narrating what was going on. And he came in, sat down in the front row. She's tripping over herself not to be starstruck because she's a huge Bruce Campbell fan. And he sure. proceeded to heckle her the oh. entire time. <laughs> Was it a good heckle or was it was, it was, it was, you know, it was well-meaning and very sweet and funny. Um, and she did a very good job, uh, handling him. Uh, (laughs) I I would love to get him to play Rory because he's the right age for the, like the, I think, well, he's a little old. You think so? Okay. Well, we could age him down to old Rory. He's 60 now. He's in his early sixties. He could now. pull it off, I think. <laughs> he looks good for early sixties. Yeah. He's a silver fox. Come on. <laughs> God, I don't even know. You know, I have to look that up now because like I don't even know what he looks like now. Did I have you did you have you watched uh, Ash versus Evil Dead at all? No, unfortunately that. I haven't been able yeah, to Yeah. I've seen I, a few well, what did you think? I, I didn't get through the whole I I think I watched most of the first season. Um Yeah. It was, I mean, um, it's one of those things where the Evil Dead series has kind of taken that, like, legendary thing in my head, and then you go back and watch it and you realize, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was, it's funny and it was different, but it's, it, it kind of keeps going to the same well, and that was what I felt yeah. a little bit with the series, but it was still a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, a, a lot of good nostalgia. I feel a little bit that way with the third one. Like, I can watch the second evil dead movie and still just be like, man, this is scary and creepy and mm-hmm. kind of funny. And I love it. And the third one, I, I was like, Oh, this is, this is the greatest movie ever, you know? And I watched it again and I was like, eh, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty good. I was the same way with the show where I watched, I, I maybe watched half the first season and I didn't stop cause I didn't like it. It's just like one of those shows where it's like, uh, it, you, you didn't feel yeah. like, it was a huge priority to keep watching. And if you had other stuff to do, it was fine. Exactly. Exactly. That, that was where it wasn't, again, it wasn't like, Oh my God, this is terrible. It was just like, no, something else has come out or whatever. And it's like, yeah. Or life. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, to bring it back to wrestling, I, I was recently watching a horror film and you know, there's the protagonist is this guy who, uh, you know, went to go uh, work on the house. So, so he could move his family up to their, this little town, live in the house. And I'm watching this guy and I'm like, this guy is a spitting image of Bruce Campbell. Sounds like Bruce, a young Bruce Campbell. This has to be Bruce Campbell's like kid. It's gotta be like his, his son who's making a foray into acting. And I just looked it up and I felt like the biggest idiot in the world because it was CM Punk. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll have to look at now. I, I owe it to you to tell you the name of the movie. So I will look it up, but. Um, I guess without hit without without the scruff without the 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 facial hair he he does have a similar prominent jawline. Yeah, and, and even I mean just in this film, so it's Girl on the Third Floor, I think it is, which is relatively. I mean, it just came out two thousand nineteen, which was we as we said seven hundred years ago uh, <laughs> when the dinosaurs ruled the earth. Yeah, but Damn. yeah, it, it is this horror film that just you know came out last year. <laughs> By the you know October of last year, so about a year ago. Oh wow! And um, he, it's not like he has an affectation or anything. He's just actually kind of just being you know uh, himself. And it's weird. He's from Illinois. I don't know where Bruce Campbell's from originally, but um, just uh, Michigan. Miami. Oh, Michigan. Okay, so maybe yeah. you know, there's a Midwest thing going on there. But yeah, so maybe right. some punk can, flavor. I can see where you would get the young Bruce Campbell look with because without the facial hair, yeah, it yeah. really does. He he. If if you're if you're not looking at him where you can see his tats, because the tattoos <laughs> right, yeah, are yeah. very very distinctive. Yeah, I just thought like Bruce Campbell had like a hellion son that <laughs> had a lot of tats, and then then and then you know went to Hollywood. Which for for Bruce Campbell, that who knows that could be. That could I be. don't uh, mean to brag, but CM Punk uh, brushed against me at. Uh, Wizard World, like Whoa. ten years ago, on his way to you know his own booth. <laughs> I just felt, <laughs> I just felt a body like brush against me. There was like a huge crowd, and I like looked to my left and I'm like, oh, that, that was CM Punk. <laughs> oh wow! I'm I'm gonna give you a geek point for that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you have you have rubbed elbows. Yes, right. literally rubbed elbows with CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't I can't top that, but I'm going to try. Do it. <laughs> I was in the Stardust Casino in Las Vegas. This is you know a long while ago. You know that casino doesn't exist anymore. I'm in the sports book and I'm watching all the TVs. And there's a guy behind me screaming at a horse race, and he he sounds upset, like it's not going his way. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, whoever that guy is standing behind me, just like screaming in my ear, sounds a lot like JJ from Good Times. Oh my god. And I turned around, it was JJ from Good Times. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way JJ from Good Times is right right behind me screaming at, at a horse race. That's outstanding. But but it was definitely him. And he really did look I'm like, I'm not gonna bother this guy. But as I was leaving the casino that evening, I saw his name was on the marquee as doing stand up at the casino. So it was huh. definitely him. It was That's not a Jimmy cool. a JJ impersonator. Celebrity <laughs> wild. <laughs> not as cool as CM Punk. Come on. Yeah. That's it's always interesting when you you know, they say don't meet your heroes. 
you know, but it's, <laughs> it's interesting when you, when you do see them, um, you know, and at cons doesn't always count because they're kind of on their best behavior at cons, but yeah. when they're, you know, screaming at a horse race or whatever, like you see that these people are human and yeah, it, it, it gets interesting. Yeah. <laughs> he was having a rough night. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I agree with the don't meet your heroes. Just, just don't. Just, they very rarely live up to expectations. Well, we, back, yeah, sorry, go ahead. We, we, so Ed and I took a photo. We actually you know, with Weird Al Yankovic. So we got we yeah, got to spend right. approximately, I would say, like maybe 0.5 seconds with him. Yeah. Uh, but he he was a very kind, gracious man. Yeah, he, he's, he's a weird dude. <laughs> he's a weird it's dude. In his name. I mean, Weird having dude. having spent an afternoon with the man, he, he, oh, oh really? God. You spent you actually spent quality time with him. Uh, okay, I, I have a deep background. Um, most of my adult life has been spent doing gig work involving or in in and around uh, live entertainment in South Florida, uh, okay. whether it be concerts, uh, big production, theater. Uh, wrestling shows, the, the whole nine yards. I've, if you can name it, I've probably worked it. Uh, okay. And yeah, I worked a, a Weird Al Yankovic show for for a day, and he he loves to wander around because he gets tired of sitting in a room. And sure. what a his name is very appropriate. He is a very very <laughs> weird dude, but one of the sweetest guys that you could find. That was my kid's first ever concert. Because oh, we, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we drove. He was playing in Bend, Oregon, and he was coming to Portland. But we thought, you know, we, we, we can go to Bend, a smaller town, and stay in this hotel. And he's playing right outside the hotel. And we, I, you know, I just bought these tickets. And it was, they were like seventh row tickets. And uh, it, was a, it was a hell of a lot of fun. And my kids were still the right age to really dig it. And uh, I was like, okay. From now on, the rest of your life, anybody asks you, what's your first concert? <laughs> it's Stay weird. weird out. <laughs> yeah, you can't I can't say something cool like, you know, when you're older, you gotta say gotta be weird out of it. But uh yeah, it was it was a he was he was a lot of fun. It was it was a good memory. I think My everybody best. remembers their first concert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. I, I did not think I, I took my boys to different concerts for their first concert and now there is is resentment from my younger one <laughs> always <laughs> there's never <laughs> the, that the first first concert i took my younger one to was gretchen wilson oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember gretchen wilson <laughs> was, that, was that for you is that like your that was your we were both kind of he you know i raised him <laughs> but it was more of a coincidence that he was with me right, and we right. she was doing like an outdoor concert and i was like hey let's go and okay mom um you know and then like my oldest we took to disturbed <laughs> <laughs> disturbed without an e Yes. So, yeah. So, like, you know, my younger one is lame ass first concert. <laughs> Took my brother to metal, but you know. So, I, I just just to round it out. I I vaguely remember. And I think my first concert was this bluegrass thing down here. That the the headliner was the Charlie Daniels band. 
Uh, <laughs> terrible. I saw a Charlie Daniels band, I believe, at the New York State Fair. But oh, wow. my first con- my first concert uh, is just like a, it was actually Billy Joel on mm. the uh, yeah, Stormfront cool. tour. Yeah, not bad. That's I don't really cool. listen to Billy Joel at all anymore. But um, I guess I could do worse for first concerts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My first was was Slaughter and L.A. Gun. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, reveals a whole down. lot about me. Is <laughs> it yes, at it like the cat house on Hollywood Boulevard in LA? Close. Close. It was the Casa it was the Casablanca on Hollywood Boulevard in Florida. I was gonna guess I was gonna guess that you're just you're really young and it was like the state fair in Montana oh, like, oh. or something. Nope, <laughs> I am a lot older than I look, sir. Um, <laughs> but, Will, what was yours? Bachman Turner Overdrive. Oh, nice. <laughs> I would trade you, actually. <laughs> mine's, mine's, not, mine's not embarrassing at all. I, I went and saw The Pretenders, and I was 14, and it was just, you know, The Pretenders are cool, and it was, but it was something to do, right? And you're 14, right. and you want to go to your own first concert. And then, in no particular order, Guess what decade I'm from? Uh, minute work. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> with those choices, sir. Yeah, kick <laughs> points yeah. all around. Yeah, uh, the Rhythmics was was it? Those those were oh, like, okay. Some, well, I can't that's remember awesome. Yeah, yeah. Rhythmics and Pretenders and Minute, even Minute go to work. I'll, I I I think I went to Frankie just to go, and it was it was fine. But uh, the other three, I I would still you know I still oh, crank yeah. up the volume if they. If they come on, that's kind of fun. You know, we hang on to those things, and I think we're all closer in era, I think, than we think we are. But I mean, sure, like, yeah. you know, Joe and I were in the car, and I mean, like, if anybody heard my like Pandora playlist, they would be really, <laughs> really confused. We were just talking <laughs> yeah. about this, you know, yeah. and like, it. What was it? It was like uh, the Indiana Jones theme, Michael Jackson, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Bon Jovi, Etta James. And then Nickelback, like that was like the five song. <laughs> it was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that just for the Nickelback. <laughs> I've had uh, you know one version or another of an iPhone for many many years, and it's like the same songs, even just you know from device to device. And uh, it's 2020. I've never made a playlist in my life. If it if I like it, it just goes into this big blender of everything and there's like you know you'll listen you'll hear you know whatever whatever you'll hear some uh metallica and then you'll hear the theme uh song to monday night football followed by you know hank <laughs> jr <laughs> yeah some song my kid one of my kids wanted it's just a big sloppy mess you know what uh, and yeah, i think yeah, that's yeah. the best way to be man <laughs> Just roll with it. Yeah, throw, yeah, throwing your Pandora on, on, on shuffle is an interesting thing, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when somebody dares you to write down the uh, the five songs that play oh, in right. order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, then you're really going to get a, a view into what their personal choices are. I uh, I deleted these, but Matt, Matt actually brought me on to a project he did recently called Man Eater by Tripwire Interactive, and it's, it's you, you play a shark that just eats people 
and the actor they got to narrate the game was uh, Chris Parnell, you know, of Rick and Morty nice. fame. And so the audio director sent me some of his, his audio work so that I could just hear it. So I know what, what he was sounding like while I was writing. And of course they all ended up on my iPhone, right? They go to the iTunes and they're synced to the iPhone. So I'd have it on shuffle and I'd be driving around, you know, with the Bluetooth and, and then, you know, they, it, it would play like a song, you know, and then I'd hear Chris Parnell's voice saying something like, you know, uh, if you are in a bar fight, uh, you can grab a swordfish off the wall. It makes a heck of a weapon. And then that would lead directly into like, you know, Bachman Turner overdrive. So it, it uh, just sounded, it, yeah, it's, it just sounded like I had the weirdest DJ in the world who just like <laughs> dropped acid and <laughs> was just doing non sequiturs before, you know, before putting on a record for me. And uh, <clears throat> it was great. Yeah. Chris Parnell was my, uh, awesome. my personal radio DJ. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. I love that. That's. <laughs> I mean, I've been known to put together things like, you know, instead of, you say Metallica, okay, Metallica's great. Have you ever heard Metallica's version of the Charlie Brown theme? Uh, no. I That's a thing that exists? Really? That yeah. is a thing that, that, thing exists, that exists, and it is on my playlist. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got it. <laughs> and, 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 and much like everything else, once you hear it, you cannot unhear it, and you will never hear the original the same again. Exactly. You really yeah, look that up. It's really good. I I came back to Metallica like I, you know again. I'm you know, kid of the '80s, right? And there's you know uh, uh, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, then Justice Hell for yeah. All. It's like I saw them I think twice in the '80s, and they were just amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of fell off of them, and you know I grew up and and uh, not too long ago I just kind of you know I'm, I'm working and I I pull them up on on iTunes or whatever and I started listening to them again I'm like besides that one album that sort of turned me off mm-hmm. they never stopped being great like all <laughs> their their last four or five albums are you know maybe as impactful as as their earliest stuff but it's like they never at least for me they never stopped being good like their their recent albums are you, you put the whole thing on and, and just uh, jam to them, and they're uh, they're pretty great. Like, they're legendary crap. for a reason. Yeah, it was just Saint yeah. Anger was was kind of a blip, and then if you hang with it, hang you know, if you yeah. try to move get, past that, get past <laughs> they, Saint they, Anger. They, they had to they had to make the attempt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they they all that therapy paid off eventually. It just <laughs> James needed to quit <laughs> drinking. You it know, took a little while it had to happen. <laughs> Yeah. They're okay. Although you could just put in, at, uh, you know, Metallica S and M, get a <laughs> new take on, get a new take uh, on classic music, yeah, and yeah, yeah it, like I said, it that hearing that album made me not be able to hear any of the original songs oh, really? <laughs> the same way, because I I am such a fan of orchestral music mm-hmm. that okay. hearing these iconic songs made better. I can't go back to the original format anymore because it lost something to me. That's a geek point, by the way, Will. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Your pain, your pain is a geek point. I'm going to be geek (laughs) counterpoint. And I, you know, I'm just cliff and then I'm done. Like, you know, (laughs) okay. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just like after Master Puppets, I'm just not 
super interested. I, look, and Justice for All is pretty damn good. But that's yeah. it. That's it. That's my limit. Master and, and Injustice. That's it, huh? I, I see. Yes. I too, but, but, Black uh, Album. Eh, no, it doesn't do it for me. No, uh, I... I it's okay. Like it's it's not nearly as great. But even listening to that, you can see they let off with Enter Sandman, which I think was a mistake. There are some other much cooler songs on that album they should have led with as their first single. But it's um it's all still pretty darn good. Like it's you know it's uh again it's not as amazing maybe as their their earliest works, but it does not suck. Which I I you know, was. Surprised to find out. Yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody's a different level of fan when it comes to Metallica. Yeah, Some are right, more rap sure. than others. Um, I have, I have the advantage of having uh, a son who I introduced to it, uh, <laughs> who became a fan as well, and he kind of keeps me up to date. So oh, when really? I start, oh, when I start to be an old lady, and I start to be like, <laughs> you know, like I was back in Justice and Garage Days, he goes, <laughs> you know, he goes, Mom, listen to this, and it's like, oh, uh, okay, okay, all, all right, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's yeah, it, it's interesting that I, I mean, I love love metal. I'm probably, probably not you know unique in this, you know, being not around us, <laughs> right? You know. <laughs> I actually, I'm really glad. I'm really grateful that 2019, I Judas Priest came to Portland, which they don't do a lot. So I went and saw them. Oh, I saw lucky. Iron. Uh, yeah, I saw Iron Maiden came to Portland, which they, and I saw them like two years in a row. Um, I, I'm sorry, and... we, we have a moratorium on them. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, it's it's it, it's a it's a personal slight from high school. They uh, oh, no. was supposed to be my 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 first on my own concert was uh, uh, Iron Maiden and Anthrax. And then apparently between the show and I think Orlando and coming down to Miami, Bruce Dickinson got like a sore throat oh. and they canceled the show. So Have you ever seen him live then? Or is that the No, that had never, never seen got him live. to try and, find it in your, try and find it in your heart to forgive them because it was really good still. <laughs> no, I'm 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 kidding. It, it's 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 my one like my one axe to grind with uh with, with Iron Maiden. Uh I, I, I I was going to say, I've probably seen Anthrax and Joey Belladonna, but not on the same stage. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. Because <laughs> I, I saw Joey Belladonna open for Motorhead with his band, just Belladonna. Belladonna. Oh, and wow. Anthrax on a split bill with the Misfits. But I've never seen, you know, Anthrax with Joey Belladonna on the same stage. That's really interesting. <laughs> so I'm really glad I saw those guys in 2019. And then I, uh, it, it's, and then it's, it's amazing to me. Like my kids love music, but it seems like it's them and all their friends. I think this is very common with, with teenagers right now is they love, love, love. Like for them, hip hop is essentially pop music. It, it's not a subcategory. It's music. Like hip hop right. is music. And it's, it's just fine. It's just great. And a lot, I hear I, they play a lot of songs for me. A lot of them are thoughtful and, and really cool. It's it's, um, but it, you know, also sometimes I'll play like okay, I, I, we've listened to seven hundred of your songs. I'm going to play one Iron Maiden song. I'm going to play like <laughs> Run for the Hills, and you're going to appreciate this. God damn it! And they don't. They just don't give a shit about <laughs> heavy metal at all. Oh, Modern. I'm sorry. Old, in between like heavy metal is uh i i don't know if kids uh, uh 
appreciate it at all anymore or care about it at all anymore. I don't think they do. I, I know I know some that do. I, I definitely have met some that that do, but it is it is not as I think impactful as it used to be. Like our 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 history, our growing up, it was it was coming alive and it was becoming this incredible thing and we kind of wow. grew with it. Man. You know? Um but yeah, it it's it is not as much with the young ones anymore. Um which is why I think I'm so adamant about continuing to expose my kids to it. You know, my kids are in their 20s, so it barely counts. Right, right. Um, but in the hopes that if they ever have children, they will at least continue the line. You know? Your, your, your LP collection. <laughs> totally. The legacy. Must continue the legacy. Grandma's Maiden albums. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! That's gonna be a thing! What? What'd you do with Grandma's Judas Priest albums? I can't find it. <laughs> Thing. that is gonna be a thing someday oh I, my god i love it yeah that that's gonna be an interesting uh <laughs> estate sale yeah. <laughs> my grandmother she was so old-fashioned she was into heavy metal <laughs> grandma's docking albums <laughs> grandma has kissed the kids are the kids are gonna fight over the lp collection we can't split it up <laughs> Actually, Kiss was the other band, you know, and I'd seen them before, the, the the four original guys on their reunion tour, and I saw them 2019, and I just, it was me and a buddy, and we had bought three seats, because uh, three, you know, three tickets, someone bailed, so he's like, well, I'll, I've got another friend who can come, and I think he knows somebody who works for the band as like an accountant or something. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. So we, we go to Portland's, uh, you know, Rose Center. And uh, we have our three tickets, but this this guy, he says, you know what? Hang on, let me let me go to the will call and see if my buddy came through. Comes back, he's got three backstage passes. He's got three way nicer tickets than the ones we bought. So I got to I got to do that thing where you know I got to, you know, we were backstage, which actually was really we really were backstage. Like at one point, uh, Tommy Thayer did come out to kind of hang out and, and talk. And at one point, my buddy was like, hey, we're we're backstage, just wander around. I'm like. I I don't think we're really supposed to be really back. We're just supposed to be in this hospitality room. I'm pretty sure he, we, he ends up walking onto the stage while the, 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 you know, the, uh, the opening act was not a band. It was a weird like art show that I, I don't even know who it was. Work? Yeah. It was like some kind of art show with lights and music and, and, uh, we were all, not walked in the middle of the stage, but we were like on the side of the stage. I'm like, holy shit, we really are. We have way too much access here. This is not, <laughs> it's not good. comfortable with this much freedom. <laughs> I am unsupervised. And, uh, yeah. And then we got to do the kind of cattle call where you get your picture taken with the band that could say hi for like three and a half seconds before you move along. But I, I got to, yeah, I have my picture. I have a picture with me and Gene and Paul. Tommy so Thayer cool. and whoever the drummer is now. It's so funny how that, like, <laughs> right? Whoever that is. It's so funny how those little three-second interactions feel so special. You know, it's such a weird thing. You know, you it's like that, I did. If you go for that extra second, though, with Gene and Paul, that's going to cost you $150. <laughs> yeah. You can charge on your Kiss Visa. They had a <laughs> I think there were, like, three other levels of, like, you know, premium, uh, interactions you could have purchased but we had a pretty good we had a we had a pretty good setup you know for 
for what we got. You know, we were pre- pretty fortunate. That's very cool. And they were great. You know, they were great. Gene does not fly with his bat wings anymore. He's a little <laughs> too old for that, but he still put on a good show. That's cool. It's crazy to think, like you said, like with with Bruce Campbell being in his sixties, like it's it's crazy that they're immortal. And then you think, <laughs> yeah. oh, they're not. They're like eighty now. <laughs> the Kabuki makeup hides a lot of a lot of. Eventually, people. they're just going to start replacing bland band members, and so nobody's going to notice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still show up. I'd still buy tickets. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know. They tried. I mean, they've <laughs> certainly tried to replace band members without you noticing. <laughs> now, it does happen occasionally that a band replaces a member and it does not completely go to hell. Occasionally. Not often. But I, I, One of my best friends in high school was a huge Kiss fan and he recited the names of the members of the band. Right. Like, in, in order. <laughs> yes. In order. Of their, and of their it, brief appearance. And it, it was almost like a, like or like a recitation of the saints or something. It was, <laughs> yeah. What's also weird too, and I just found this out is I kind of knew, you know, like I followed the band, and I knew that uh, <clears throat> for a little, for a brief moment, while Vinnie Vincent w- was the Egyptian, he had Egyptian costume and Egyptian like mm. theme, and then Eric Carr, who replaced Peter Chris, was the fox, right? He had fox right. makeup, and then they kind of quit. But then uh, somehow somebody released like the concepts of some of their ideas that almost made it or didn't go on like they were thinking about. And it was like, there was one that was like a, I think a shark and one that was like a dog. And like they were concepting, you know, possible <laughs> either additional band members or, or, or something. And it was like, yeah, oh they probably, yeah, they probably made a good call to stop. Stop with the animals. <laughs> Stop the <makeup laughs> for a while. Take a break. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> it was like what, like eighty three or eighty, like eighty three that they dropped the makeup and on MTV. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that Matt was... says his internet is down. Oh no, he's in Arizona. I think he he was saying they're having problems. Uh oh. Well, as as soon as he can, he can pop back in. Yeah. We're we're here. Um, um, all of us are from South Florida, so we totally understand the things just dropping out at random weird times. Yeah, you guys had uh, a hurricane not, not not terribly long ago, right? Like, yeah, uh, tropical storm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> she just, more than anything else, she just dropped so much water on us. Uh, yeah. And it had already been, like, torrential, because this is rainy season for us. We'd had, it had, like, torrential downpoured for weeks before. Ooh. So the tropical storm in and of itself for us is nothing. We're like, meh, whatever. That's a Tuesday afternoon. Um, but because there was so much water, uh, this one was pretty rough. And you guys uh, are south, south yeah. Florida, right? Yes. Yes. Miami. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Fort like Lauderdale. just before Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Fort Lauderdale. Oh, Will, okay. Will's in West Will's in West Palm Beach. So So to go to to, to circle back on, on something that you talked about earlier, it's probably get back into it uh in the group chat i actually posted uh in the text channels up here i kind of posted a a screenshot of uh cm punk on the the girl on the third floor and a young bruce campbell so if you look at it actually a very decent yeah he was gonna play a young bruce campbell that's not bad yeah and and i'm telling you they sound alike like if you close your eyes and you're listening to this the movie 
um, you're going to hear like a younger Bruce Campbell. I think I got to scroll up to maybe uh, see um, what you posted, but yeah. But so, um, see if I can do this. Yes. So, so again, circling back, um, I want to know. Let me see if I yes. can get this up here. I want to know about this picture. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> what, what happened? What did I do? I'm not going to comment until I can. Okay. Let's <laughs> that's a, that's going to be a great retrospective picture when you go into like the, <laughs> when you're doing your Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Okay. Okay. There, oh, God. You found. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and I had just won our first tag team titles. We were very excited. I was <laughs> Scotsman gimmick. I was the Limerick master. <laughs> I had a book. Of, actually, <laughs> no, we, we took one of the, we thought we'd take a goofy photo for it was in the first issue. <laughs> and then it was there for a while. And we're like this, you know, it, it really was just a picture. We had someone take with, with our phone. And we're like, this just kind of looks amateurish <laughs> and so we we replaced it with some of this like cool back matter bonus stuff that we did but uh i don't know i'm not i'm not embarrassed i think i look great no it's, it's cute i don't know man those <laughs> pants those pants are yeah. something else yeah. speaking of 80s metal uh <laughs> matt matt's pants are yeah, on point he looks cooler than i do but my gimmick was like <laughs> My gimmick uh, was like I'm the limericker or something, and I and I I still have it. I have this book of like a thousand limericks, and I would like you know pin you or before the match I would read like a limerick to the crowd, and they boo me. And that's awesome. Oh, I mean, you gotta love a man in a kilt. You know, yeah. that's never a bad thing. Eighties, you know, it's eighties eighties wrestling. I would have would that would have been a good cool gimmick in in the WWF oh, yeah. in the eighties. The limericker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'd had a great. Uh, you'd had a great. Uh, uh, Poet off, poetry off with uh, Leap yeah. and Lanny Pop. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, that was kind of the inspiration, right? <laughs> like we had a, an awesome feud, right? Like I could, <laughs> he could have turned babyface, I'd have been the heel, and uh, or we could, you know, we could have started off as like a tag team, and I could have betrayed him, mm -hmm. and then it, it would have been great. We could have sold, you know, Vince McMahon on it for sure. And uh, <laughs> Matt looks like he's the former <laughs> member. The former and never mentioned third member <laughs> right. of the Rockers. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, when we were putting this uh, concept together, we were like, we loved these horribly mismatched tag teams. You know what I mean? They just had no business yeah. being together whatsoever. It made no sense at all. But hey, why not? You know, the Scotsman and the Rocker guy. It's <laughs> sure. Very cute. It's very cute. I, I had to. I saw that picture and I was like, that is. That's precious. <laughs> I thought all the copies were destroyed. It's on your website, dude. It's, oh, <laughs> on the there. About Us page. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. On the internet, it will never go away now. It never goes it's away. Not such a secret. Yeah. Um, so I guess I, I want to circle back to, you know, we kind of just glossed over you, you, sure. you and Matt <laughs> both kind of, you know, met doing video game writing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think we've talked to a lot of indie comic folks, so we folks have kind of gotten the idea of like how, how that process works and how getting into that works and, uh, you know, screenplays and, and such, but video game writing, that seems like right. a very niche mark market for for writing so yeah <clears throat> yeah it, i mean 
it's it's interesting because let's see when i you know even just growing up i knew i wanted to work in video games and i knew i wanted to be kind of like a storyteller in games i was playing like you know the old text adventure games that okay we played, like or monkey island especially like ones with a sense of humor and i'm like well somebody had to write all this stuff and figure out the inventory puzzles and all that stuff and i don't know what job title that is but i want to do that and it took me a while to figure it out because there isn't a, a real clear path but you know in the early 2000s they went from these 2d consoles to um, 3d and they hired a lot of people, you know, to, into the industry. And I was one of them, but I was uh, kind of an assistant producer slash game designer, just, you know, um, editing levels and adding monsters and creating like player experiences. And then, you know, a couple of years later, it started getting more and more common with these large sort of big budget um, 3d titles that you needed, you know, or, or you wanted a story and dialogue Um Grand Theft Auto, I want to say it was three, was a was just like a game changer, right? Like um, as far as storytelling and lots of dialogue and open world and all that stuff. So <clears throat> that kind of stuff fell to the game designers, which you know I was one, and sort of you know naturally started you know doing that because it needed to be done, right? And then you know in two thousand six, I left that studio. And I was, you know, started getting some some freelance gigs from studios or people I knew worked, and and they needed help with the story design and the dialogue of 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 their games. But even in two thousand six, I'm like, I didn't see this as a, a freelance game writer as any kind of like career. Like you can't like it might be a nice thing to do moonlighting, but it's not a job. And and in two thousand six, I might have been able to name. I could probably count all the freelance game writers on one hand. Oh, wow. Um, but I think it, it, you know, obviously, I mean, so the, the bar for story get raised in all different types of games. And over the years, it just became uh, more and more common to hire a writer. And it became a, a pretty common thing to outsource because, you know, if you're a studio, especially if you're a small studio, it doesn't make any sense to hire a full-time writer usually you need a writer for a few months or maybe more. And it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's a smart thing to sort of you know, to contract out, to outsource. And you started having more games being made like in, in Europe. Right. And of course now okay. like places like Helsinki and Sweden, and other places are huge hotbeds of gaming development. But even though games are made all over the world, <clears throat> the, the biggest market for them sales wise by far is still North America. So, I started getting work from just studios, big and small who, you know, didn't want to hire a full-time writer, made no sense. Didn't want to distract one of their employees with these, with this task when they, they could be doing something else. The companies overseas that, you know, I, I have clients now, you know, I have a, a lot of my clients are overseas or Europe and they actually speak really great English, but they're not native English speakers. And it makes a big difference if your if your primary sales market is North America, you gotta, you know, kind of have kind of have to have a North American writer doing that for you. Um, so now it's you know it's 2020, it's a full time job and then some. And um, there's lots of I mean, comparatively, there's speaking, there's lots of freelance game writers out there now, many of whom 
work a lot, you know, um, and Matt and I are just like two of them. And, uh, I, so those are, I think all the, the kind of, and, and it, it just keeps getting more and more like, you know, now, now <clears throat> we, the, even the games we play on our phone, the bar for story is, is rising, even just for these little games, we're just to play on our phone and not care about the story. Uh, even, even though is now the, the story starting to matter. And, and, uh, so it's just going to be, you know, I think as a career, it's going to be a more, even more viable for more people. And which is cool. Which is a good thing. I'm all for it. Um, I help people whenever I can, when people ask me, you know, how do you break in or how, what's it like? You know, how do you write for games? I'm always um, uh, happy to talk about it. And in fact, as soon as I have some time, I'm going to start a YouTube channel where I just kind of lay it all out there for anybody who wants to, that's cool to hear about it. But yeah, no, I, I just, it's, it's, you know, you know, I remember growing up and games were, you know, I'm an Atari 2600 uh, kid. And, uh, yeah. you know, there was, you know, there was not a lot of story with those. No. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, the other day I saw a, uh, I can't remember if it was on YouTube or someone. Someone had, was doing like, it was like a high speed, uh, was a, spe- a sped up version of the Atari uh, adventure game. Oh, okay. Where you were, where where your character was just a little blinking icon that you know went around and grabbed you know. And I was right, I was watching yeah. it, and I was like, like I used to be so into that game, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Now looking at it, um, where, where was <laughs> where, where was the game in that? Um, that was cool stuff. It, it, it's funny for me. Like I was always into the story, <clears throat> and. I actually wasn't super impressed with it. Weirdly enough, like, you know, I had friends who had Atari. Um, I had a Magnavox Odyssey <laughs> that came before that, the Atari. Um, I get really geeked out on the story and I like the arcade games better because the graphics were better. Oh, yeah. And um, even watching the cutscenes and like Miss Pac-Man, I'm like, Oh my gosh, they met. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They got married and had a kid. What's going to happen next? What's the next there? There's no next. They're just, yeah, for it, but um, you know, Dragon Slayer, you know, the yeah. story that told. But I really liked the early, even more than anything, the early PC games. Even the first like Macintosh uh, desktops had these crude text. You know, Infocom text adventures mm. were a big deal, and I loved it. Like that was just anything with a story, you know, was was just. Any any type of game with a story had me hooked. I'd rather play a text adventure than than any Atari game at that time. And um, you know, it's, so I I just never I guess lost that love for you know wanting to figure out how to how you know to unfold a story, especially a humorous story. I like you know stuff that's fun, like Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia. Yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know, but it's, 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 and it's also interesting to see the development of, I mean, cause I remember, you know, Zork and, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and especially as a kid who, yeah, I'm going left. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I, and I grew up as a kid playing D and D with my older brother. Yep, so, yep. you know, that sort of storytelling thing really, you know, was there. And I remember like for a long time, you know, the computer video game was far superior if you're looking for something yeah. story-wise. Uh, I remember the Christmas when we got the Heroes of the Lance uh, uh, game, the the gold, I think it was a gold box uh, SSI uh, game. And, 
you know, it, it, we were, we of course were fans of, of the, the novel series, but you know, it had the booklet with thing. And then, you know, it had the story, you know, it had the story from the, the from the novels or first novel you yeah. know, in the game. And it was just like, it was, that was probably one of the first immersive games. I remember us playing on the old computer. And it always seemed like at the time, like the computer games are far superior that way to, to, to the consoles. And yeah. then, I don't know. I was going to say like I got around like the the PS2 era, and then things just really yeah. kind of yeah. Well, they they just had a. I mean, you know, it's all the obviously all the Xbox or mm-hmm. PlayStation is is just a computer that has yeah. a much more limited set of you know, uh, you know, for, for much more limited purpose. But yeah, for a while the uh, you know or the early computers had a leg up, I suppose, in in terms of you know sound and graphics and and all that stuff and um and uh until they didn't right they they, (laughs) not not just that but they could have the storage space for all that extra all that extra information that you could i mean realistically um, there's only so much you can put onto a cartridge yeah once they went once playstation came out and they started going into cds you could get a little more yeah uh you can get more information on there so that you could build a bigger story yeah um the CDs is a big, you, big deal. Yeah, that that was a huge, huge revolution in gaming inter- in the, in the gaming industry. In my thing, thank you, yeah. Sega. <laughs> yeah, yeah, CDs were a big deal. DVDs, but and then and then and high speed internet was. Uh, yeah, and we're off. <laughs> yeah, that, I I think was the other week. I, I don't remember, did it, was I talking about that on air? I was, I was just kind of the wondering about the. You know, I was looking at, you know, the consoles coming out, you know, this next gen of console and like how many of them are, um, you know, don't don't take actual media that it's all just, you know, streaming downloadable. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, how when like there's a part of me, the the old man get off my lawn. who <laughs> If I buy a game, I want to have the I have that disc. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it, there, there may be something to that um, because it is possible that, you know, you're buying stuff and it's in the cloud and it can at some point just go away, right? Like the game's not supported anymore and, uh, and yeah. it's, it's just gone. <laughs> it, it wasn't really, it was yours, but it's not, now it's not effectively. Well, I mean, and we see that with other stuff. I mean, I think Apple came out not too long ago and it's like, listen, just because you bought the music or you bought this through through the Apple store does not mean you actually own it. And Amazon a couple yeah, of weeks yeah. ago uh, made a comment similar. And it's like, I mean, I know it's all there in the end user agreement that nobody reads, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but I paid money for that. Just, that, that yeah. That's... Yeah. It's, 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 it's not, it's not outlandish, you know, to, it's not, it's not the worst idea, you know, to, to, physical media still right but um but there's there's also the impatience factor yeah it's just like you know i want this game and i want it right now you're you're also talking about you're you're coming into the convenience generation yeah where it's i have to have everything at my fingertips at all times yeah for everything and it was it's, it's interesting too and i think about this sometimes with video games versus comics it's Video games were already, it took them a while to figure it out, but they really did figure out their distribution, right? Like, like we have Fred Myers here, which is the, 
owned by Kroger's it's a grocery store, right? Mm-hmm. And if I want to go and get my milk, a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread and stick of butter, and I go to the grocery store, they have an electronics department and I can buy all these games. I mean, you, it, it's just, it's amazing. You can go to the grocery store for milk and you can leave with like uh, the hottest video game, right? And they have them at Target and they have them at Walmart and, you know, like you know, grocery stores. And it's just crazy how available they already were. And now it, it just, it, you know, click of a few buttons and, and poof, you're, you're, you're downloading it. So, yeah. yeah. And these kids in their spoiled ass generation, <laughs> yeah. try sitting in the backseat of mom and dad station wagon and playing on your Game Boy where you're playing by the streetlights. My, my kids, my kids lucked out because we, this house we're living in now, uh, these people moved out and they left behind two televisions. Uh, two televisions that were that were bolted. Uh, one was bolted into sort of like a entertainment center, and one was bolted to a wall in like the the kids' bonus room. They just didn't want to deal with them. So you know, like every family, we had two televisions already. So now we have four. So I put two in this bonus room, and I bought a used Xbox. So they'd have I have two boys. So I bought a used Xbox. So there'd be two Xboxes. So they couldn't fight. I bought a Man. used mini fridge. <laughs> <laughs> we, we put the PS5 and the Nintendo Switch on the on the third TV in the room. Then they each had their own um, TV with an Xbox, like three TVs in this room. I bought a po- used popcorn machine, bought a used couch. The only That's thing I bought new, yeah, <laughs> it's like a frat house up there, there now. <laughs> I I've, I bought the only thing I bought new and paid. You know, I bought I bought them each like a lounge chair with a cup holder, and I'm like, here you and I, and and then I bought a. So they each have two Xboxes, and I think we had like ten controllers. I'm like, you and your friends, you are now spoiled. You will never ask me again for anything in your life. Like, this is, <laughs> you know this what? is it. That's super smart as a parent. <laughs> yeah, right. That is super super smart. If you make your house the cool house, it, that was the plan. That exactly. really was the plan. You know and, where your kids are. You know that yeah. they're safe because your house is the cool house, and all the kids come to your house. It worked for a good while. It, the, the, the sleepovers are mostly at our place. Mm-hmm. Or they would go out, you know, they got a little older, they'd <clears throat> go out, but they'd end up at our place. It worked yep. pretty darn well. <clears throat> and they just then, it didn't work as good when they are get to be like 16, 17. It, then mm. they, just, they, get the, they get the driver's license and it didn't work so well. But that really was the plan. And it really did work for a number of years. Yep. So. I'll tell you what, it'll come back <coughs> around. It'll come back around because we <laughs> yeah. had the same thing. Our house yeah. was always the cool house. My kids and friends were always over here. They got in their teens. They went out and explored a bit. They're in their 20s now. They're both still at home. And our house is the cool house again. I so their friends so, are yeah. still coming over and hanging out with us. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh yeah, and they both discovered girls. They they both had a girlfriend for a while, and uh-huh. I didn't, you know, I didn't factor that in because I never had a girlfriend. I was like, girlfriend, like what? What? What do you? What do you mean you're not girlfriend? Like you're not playing video games because you're you're spending time with a girl? Like what? What's that about? <laughs> you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't factor that into the plan because I had no clue, right? Like I had no ref. I had no point of reference for you know. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to give you a I'm going to give you a geek point for that uh, uh, that, that that bonus room setup, and also want to let you I know just, that Will Will and I are available for adoption should you want. <laughs> <laughs> I put a lot of effort into that room. I think I, I 
and here's what this is new and this was more for me than for them but like my kids one of the weird things about the pandemic is that uh, you people you rediscover all these hobbies because you can't leave your house so we started collecting sports cards so i bought a glass display case used from a uh guy who owned a convenience store nice and uh it has a fluorescent light in it <laughs> oh my, God, my wife awesome. my wife was like what did you buy i'm like it's don't worry it's cool it's it's uh so it sits at the corner of the room and then we have all our sports cards in there and it's like a, it looks like like a jewelry store like it's, to, it's awesome it's totally out of control you know teenage man cave uh but mm-hmm. i love it yeah yeah I hope that's they're very not cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh just think about this one. there's there's worse things that you can spend your money on yes oh yeah yeah, yeah for sure you're investing Imagine in the gathering kids. cards <laughs> yeah yeah play magic see how fast your money goes um <laughs> Luckily, I'm terrible at magic. I, I my brother-in-law plays it. I did. I, my kids did go through a phase, and I had a. Uh, I just don't have the patience f- to build decks. I ended up taking every magic card I owned, and I had a pile le- legit like you, people can't see, but I, I mean, it must have been a foot off the table, and I just called it El Monstro, and <laughs> it it was a terrible deck. But it was like whatever I pulled off the top. There's no limit, so I'm like I've got you know whatever two hundred cards here. Whatever I pull, I pull. And I, yeah, I might be great. I might lose immediately, but El Monstro is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not building any decks. <laughs> oh my God. There's a, there's a, it's called uh, Dragon Decks or something like that, mm. where you can take from, uh, you can take from any, any era, any series and yeah. build the biggest deck you want and, yes. and play it. And that's like, yeah, that's like a thing. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. I would, I would, I would excel. I I, I would excel, but I would play if I could. You would have fun. If I could bring El Monstro back out of retirement, I would. Well, it uh, looks, it feels like it's time to do a little shifting, get over into some geek news. Uh, Sure thing. um, As threatened last week, uh, when I, when I did the, we're coping with the Tropical Storm episode, uh, we had give we've given you warnings that we are going to talk about the first two episodes of the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. The new because season, we had the new season. We we'd put a moratorium on because the show comes out on Thursday, so you know we wanted to give everybody a full week. Okay. So, oh my God, the the, the season two, I think they Favreau and Filoni have really just. They've they've just they got it. Their positions in in in, in on, on the Mount Rushmore. Absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely. Um, just I mean, they went all over. Uh, they, they just it. I I can't speak because it just gets like too. Uh, it it just becomes uh, so good. I mean the 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 first episode and and just trying to track down the. Uh, the other Mandalorians and just oh Timothy Oliphant, come on! Yeah, it's, what an it interesting is it's character. Like, yeah. yeah, there's there's so it's you do you get like a little tongue tied because you're just like uh, uh, just uh, <laughs> it's uh, good. Yeah, and and the the articulation that they they've added to the child. Uh, yeah, to much better. Make it move more and and. It's hard. Like I totally now understand, like the 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 you know the the idea of thinking it is something sentient. Uh, that's something alive because 
it takes me a moment to go, that's not a real living thing. That is that's a, a Muppet. Puppet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a Muppet. But then, you know, we look at Muppets and we see them as, as Kermit's real. OK, yeah. So if Kermit can be real, so can the child. <laughs> um, just the way it is. This is the way. <laughs> I have spoken. That's right. Um, I I definitely enjoyed uh, getting to see yet another location on Tantooine. Uh, loved getting the interaction with the Tuscan Raiders. Um, I think we shared the the uh, meme or the story about uh, one of the uh, one of the Tuscan Raiders, one of the actors playing it. Uh, when they realized that they were using going, the Tuscans were going to be using a, a type of sign language. Uh, reached out to an actor, a, a deaf actor, um, to come in and portray one of the Tuscan Raiders and to help develop the Tuscan Raider uh, sign language. Which to me, that just, I, 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 as Will said, just cements Favreau and Filoni that much more onto the Mount Rushmore. Uh, it, anytime that they. They can look at something and go, this is a fantastic idea, and then take it another step further. And it just, I, God, it doesn't, these guys can't do anything wrong right now. And, yeah. uh, and, and like you said, the, the, uh, Timothy Oliphant's character was such, like, feels like such a pull from, uh, from pretty much any Western you've ever seen, you know. As the the town marshal with the somewhat checkered past, that you know, it just it just the you know, and and the way they handled the whole Boba Fett armor and uh, that that was just impressive. And then I saw somebody online, somebody who who is kind of geeky, post, "Hey, at the after the end of the first episode, hey, should I know who that person was who walked away at the end?" And I was just like, "Yes and no." <laughs> I was like, ah, you, we might have to remove your your key card. <laughs> that is not that that is not necessarily the case. There, there, there's absolutely nothing that has said that is Boba Fett. Well, we, we know it was, we know is Tamara Morrison. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So how many clones were there? Uh, so I was gonna say it's either Boba Fett or, or another one of clone. The, or one of the other sets of clones that still might be out there. Um, but he. He looked he looked rough, which I which I, I liked how they you know they they added that to him. So which is kind of why I feel like it, ha- it it's Boba Fett because you know spending some of that time in the Sarlacc must not have been fun. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't, but I I have to give Filoni and Favreau some credit on a different aspect. I I I love how they're taking and making something completely new out of a concept that no one had ever really thought of before. <clears throat> so you're getting new content, new original content, but they're still bringing in just enough fan service to make us all really love it and putting in the ridiculous details that some moron like me pulls apart and goes, that's fucking amazing telling the oldest such as in the newest ways such as if you go back and watch episode one when he hands over the jetpack you can see the repair job from mm-hmm. where han solo hit it and broke it open boba fett boba fett where 
Holy cow! I didn't. That's a geek point, Will. I didn't notice that. That's. Yeah, that's I, I'll okay. give a geek point too. Can we? Can we? Can we double up? If it's oh, we can totally. Point? We can totally. You're the guest. Up. You can do whatever you want. I haven't given one yet. That's deserves. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we we tend to be very stingy with our geek points, especially with <laughs> each other. Because with each other, to, yes. <laughs> I'm just not used to. It. I'm just not used to. It. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's fine. Oh. Welcome, welcome to the club. We got jackets. <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, they, we know each other so well, in, and we talk about this stuff so much. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they throw in these stupid, just the little details that bring the world to life and connect it in such a way. Um, the 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 X wings still having the old battle scars from mm. the Battle of Yavin on it. Uh huh. And. Uh, or the, the Battle of Endor, and just the the ridiculous minutia uh-huh. that they take the time to put in shows the love that they have for that franchise. You know what's and... a big thing for me? Um, because I'm I'm a very kind of of being creative. Sound um, is big for me, and. The, the specific sounds in Star Wars, they are very specific mm-hmm. and very, like, they invoke things. Like, they make you feel some kind of way, depending on what that sound is. And they have been so meticulous about the smallest of sounds, little alarms in the ships and how the X-Wings sound, their engine sounds, all of these things that, that to me, like, you hear... And you oh and and it just it triggers and it triggers and it triggers and it makes like it's it's that well rounded of not just is it visual, but it's also that auditory experience uh, that gonna, is just outstanding. I, I want to award Kayla though a uh, geek point for the uh, during yeah. the during the second episode. Um, we we're watching it and and they're they're trapped in the uh, Razor Crest fighting off the spider monster things and. All of a sudden, you hear the blasters coming from outside, and Kay's like, "Yep, those are rebel blasters." <laughs> wow, <That is laughs> yeah, <weird. laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it. That's the thing is, it hit me like that. It was like I know exactly what that sound is, you know. Uh, and it, yeah, it, it all, so all kinds of feelings. <laughs> so, so I did watch the first season of The Mandalorian. I haven't got into the second, but I still have. I've yet to cancel Apple TV. It sounds like, or excuse me, Disney Plus. Sounds like I should hang on to it at least to watch yes. season two. You should there's absolutely everything. hang on to it. There yeah, are some really incredible things. Yeah, there are some really incredible things on Disney Plus right now. Um, if you have not watched the gallery, we've talked about it on the show before. The gallery is kind of the making of the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. uh, and it is stunning. It is yes. it, it part of our mushiness for for Filoni and Favreau comes from watching that show yeah. and how passionate they are and the way they talk about Star Wars and their stories and how they think and move within the universe is is very apparent in that show and I highly recommend it. Yeah, the I believe it's the second episode uh, of the gallery is called uh Legacy mm-hmm. and Dave Filoni near the end of it gives Ugh. A 10 minute maybe, at least um, just just going on about the brilliance of george <laughs> lucas as a storyteller mm. creator um and you know creating this world for them to play in and it was 
it's one of those where you realize like you just listen to it, you're like this guy loves this franchise as much as yeah. i love this franchise yeah, yeah it is a love poem to the franchise in in the uh, most beautiful and profound way it's really incredible yeah and there's a lot of really good uh, they do a lot of round tables with like the cast they do round tables with the directors um it, it's really good uh we've talked about it before it's one of those where it's like i wish uh our, our other great love of course is star trek uh and and mm. we are eating up season three of discovery and okay. uh, and and star trek with with discovery and they did with picard they do an after show called the ready room hosted by will wheaton and okay, okay. and I, I was so wish that there was like an after show for the mandalorian um but i mean you know understanding that you know it's it's tough to be able to do something like that with the you know the the cast and crew that they have um but it just yeah. Uh, I, I, I would I would imagine they are going to do a second season of gallery so you can get some more good behind the scenes stuff. But uh, yeah, oh, this it definitely second season Mandalorian. Uh, we will not talk about episode three because it just came out. <laughs> it, it just came out. Just came out. But uh, yeah. Uh, wow. If you are a fan of Clone Wars, there's there's good Buckle stuff. up. It's about to get real. Uh, ah, yeah. very real. Oh, yeah. So, Has- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Has anyone noticed that the child is starting to speak? Yes. Yoda? Baby yes. Yoda? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, he is starting to... Like, uh, yeah, like, if you've raised children, <laughs> that first when they start to just babble, he's yeah, starting right. to do that a little bit. There's, It's right. not because in, like, the first season, he was pretty quiet. Like, you barely heard a sound out of him. Um, and now he's actually starting to... To babble and speak a little bit, and I'm is going, the timeline such that because Yoda was like 500 years old, could nine. Yoda show up or 900? Excuse me, could Yoda show up and be like, "What are you doing to my cousin no, be, or my you know?" No, because the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian is post uh, Return of the Jedi. So. Okay, he's he's dead. He'd have yeah, to, he's Yoda's dead somewhere. at this point. Mm-hmm. He'd have to be a ghost. Yep. All right. Which, There's nothing to say that, he, that they have. You can't force ghost it. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't. They haven't yet brought in force ghosts. No. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. It. It could definitely happen. You know. Who knows what's. I. I. The. The anticipation of because he's his mandate is that he's bringing Baby Yoda to the Jedi, but right. like to learn more. Like I think we're all sitting on the edge of our seats wanting to learn more about this race that we have it has been very purposefully not told that story has not been told okay you know uh, to the point that even it, i believe it was part of the the buyout deal that uh you cannot reveal yoda's race mm-hmm. yeah yeah so we're all going okay how much are they actually going to tell us what are they going to show us? Are they going to keep us in the dark still? Are we going to get a little bit like throw us a crumb? We're all salivating for so any George, little crumb. George Lewis baked this in to his selling of the IP. Like, yep. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, it's a great his, history. His so demand great. list is huge. Oh, I did not realize. I didn't even realize you could do that. Like, you know, I guess, uh, uh, huh. Yes, yeah, you can. Four hundred, four and a half billion dollars. You can, yeah. You can do whatever the hell you, the hell you want. want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you can buy this car for four and a half billion dollars, but you can't drive it over sixty-five on the freeway. Well, and, there was, uh, yeah. well, there was a uh, Ford 
uh, when they released that was the, the GT, um, <laughs> they actually there was a stipulation you had to they and they gave it to people uh, both sell, sold it and gave it to some celebrities and uh, there was a requirement within it that you had to maintain ownership of it for I believe oh, okay. at least a year before you could re before you could sell it. I, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say something like, "If you had to buy, you had to like prove you're actually like a cool dude or a cool chick before you can no. buy the car." Ah. The dealership. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> so I had to check you out and make sure that you're legit cool. <laughs> no, I, I think it was just that your check cleared. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Or, or you were like a. I think I think they gave one to like The Rock. Um, he yeah, actually right, ran, yeah. and he's yeah. one who ran afoul of the uh, owner, the year ownership thing. I don't believe he sold it. I think he like, gave it to a cousin or something. But yeah, it's uh oh. Oh, yeah. he did. I remember that actually. Yeah, he's in trouble. So he just this flexed. may be old news, or maybe I, I I don't know if it's because I haven't been able to see a movie in the theater since like yeah, I think nineteen seventeen, nineteen seventeen. Not the year, but the movie was the last film I saw in the theater. Mm -hmm. But good movie to see in theater. Yeah, it was not a bad way to 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 close it out. But uh, now there's this movie. I saw the trailer. I may be coming late to this, but it, but the original title was Freaky Friday the Thirteenth. Oh yeah, that was just called Freaky. And it, it, people are who are listening to this later. Uh, it's basically the whole Freaky Friday thing. Only the uh, the swap is between a teenage girl and a serial killer played by Vince Vaughn. Yeah. So, <laughs> see, goes, that makes me actually want to see it. <laughs> no, I may risk my life to see this movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I'm, I miss the theater so bad, or if it just like this sounds so cool. Uh, if they, <laughs> you're gonna make another Freaky Friday, this is an interesting twist, right? Yeah. So of course, yeah, Vince Vaughn's uh, character, Vince Vaughn is playing, you know. A teenage girl trapped in a middle-aged man's body, and the little girl was playing, you know, a serial killer trapped in a teenage girl's body. So too funny. I I I, I saw the, I saw. What was that? Oh, I'm sorry. So those roles are not mutually exclusive either. <laughs> <laughs> maybe speaking speaking as the parent of a 17 year old girl. <laughs> I was going to say, this is true. I know your daughter. This is a father of daughter. <laughs> Perhaps the swap was unnecessary, but still. That's <laughs> it. Um, I, yeah, I, I saw the trailer for that. Um, I think it was, I was watching Hulu and, and it came on and I was like, it took a couple times. Of like, wait, th this is Freaky Friday, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, I thought it was maybe like a skit at first, like a Saturday, like yeah. a joke, but it. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah, I thought it was maybe one of those like parody commercials or something for you know, you know, like uh, some of the like I think Comcast put out a couple where it's like you know, scene from a scary movie and then like your cable goes out. Right. Uh, and I'm like watching this. I'm like, wow, this commercial's got Vince Vaughn in it. That's and I was like, nope, this is this is a God's yeah. honest movie. Did he host Saturday Night Live? Like what? What? What is this? <laughs> Uh, and apparently, I'm just, I just I just looked it up just so we could you know talk about it. But it's like the budget was six million. I'm like that that's pretty crazy, but uh, that's pretty smart. I mean, they they, they can't go wrong. It'll, maybe it'll be a you know freaky part two. But and they they did a good job on releasing it on Friday the thirteenth. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
but uh I, I, guys i want to thank you very much for having me i uh i need to uh cut and run here speaking of sure. freaky um sure. and so, uh yeah what's uh hey, where can we where can people find you and matt's uh stuff online yeah absolutely um Invasion of Planet Wrestletopia is the name of our miniseries. It is, uh, you know, disgruntled professional wrestler, declares himself galactic champion, planet of alien wrestlers, views it as a declaration of war. And so it's a comedy action. And uh, the entire six-issue miniseries is available right now only on Comixology. But those single issues do have some exclusive bonus content that when we do a Kickstarter in March uh, for a a, a printed sort of... uh, volume you know a trade uh it won't have it, it won't have that exclusive uh, content in it so if you want to check it out it's it's not much i think it's a you know buck 99 issue or something and uh you'll get a little you know ex- exclusive material to it but um yeah please check it out and and look for that kickstarter in march uh, and thank you very much for having both matt and i i'm sorry about matt uh apologizes no <laughs> for losing his connection but we totally understand technical difficulties. We appreciate you guys coming on. Um, and when you guys uh, get close to, to your Kickstarter, uh, we'll definitely make sure to signal boost that. So uh, Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, problem. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No uh, problem. So we'll, we'll continue doing geek news, uh, but it was really great having yes. you on. Thanks very much. No Take problem. care, guys. Thanks Bye. for coming on. Thank you. Take care. Okay, uh, so we come- KK, you, you, you weren't, you didn't have to be so upset. We didn't get into the wrestling that bad, I don't think. I think no. we behaved ourselves very well. It was great. No, it was totally fine. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you guys shit, but, you know, everybody's got their loves. And, you know, I can go on and on about mine. I'm going to torture you with my little pony in a minute. So, so the, the other thing uh, Kay and I have been watching, as I mentioned, is the uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3. Um, which will I'm gonna say they found their footing. <sighs> um, they seriously have taken the we don't have to follow canon, we don't have to, uh, we don't have to f- squeeze this into the timeline. We've got 930 something years that we can play with, and they have they have done world building. It, it's, it's so interesting. They did world building inside of world that you already know. Um, but they did it in such a way that uh, it feels new. It feels fresh. Uh, every episode has left us kind of questioning what's next. Um, where's this going? Where, you know, where are the players? Like, you're so stuck on trying to figure out, like, what's happened to the Federation and what remains of the Federation. We haven't even thought to ask, oh, what's up with the Klingons, the Romulans, the, the you know, what... Do- how far did the burn impact things? You know, what about the Borg? What about, you know, there's so many questions. Um, and the character development, I think, has really taken off. Um, I'm just loving it. And and the Ready Room episodes post, you know, each episode has just uh, the, the interviews with cast and crew, the 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 canned bits uh of uh point was it points of discovery or something like that moments of discovery Um, discovery, i think yeah it's they cbs has really or paramount whoever it is they really have done a good job of taking season three and making it feel like an event each thursday well 
I mean, we don't end up watching it till Friday usually, but each episode feels like an event, and that's something I find pretty awesome. So what you're telling me is that they, they finally figured out how to make a show where they don't have a crutch to lean on, that they're just getting lambasted floor, like having Pike or the Enterprise show up to create some sort of a buzz for that show. About damn time. They, yeah, they, 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 there are, there are, of course, because it is a Star Trek series, there are Easter eggs to things um, in uh, this most recent episode, which will have come out a week from when this episode drops. So you've had a week to watch it. Fair there, warning. Yeah, there is a Voyager, there is the Voyager J, um, you know, when they make it to Starfleet headquarters. Uh, and uh, as, as has been shared around, uh, the, the creators of Discovery um, had been petitioned to, to somehow honor Aaron Eisenberg a year ago after his passing. Um, and Alex Kurtzman said, we'll find a way. Um, and that way, as, you know, as far as, you know, unsure of, of its presence in the future is the USS Nog and Eisenberg class starship. Um, and you get a, a glimpse of it as Discovery is uh, coming into the new Starfleet headquarters. Um, I don't know if you want to call that a crutch or, or just... But so no, that's, that's a nice nod. homage. That's yeah. a nice homage. It's a nice, it, it, it's a nice memorial. It's not. Oh, hey, look, we're this show is floundering, so let's put in Captain Pike. Or yeah, no, we need we need a good season finale last shot. So, oh, look, here's the Enterprise. Yeah, uh, no, it. Yeah, we're, on its own, and I'm I'm glad that they're finally getting around to just let their creators create. And it will be what it will be. Um, and it's, I mean, from, from my perspective, this season, I mean, they've, they've covered, like, they've covered so much each episode. Um, you know, there, there was an episode that, that felt so, so a Western. Um, yeah, th- very much. Um, there's been, you know, an episode where they make it back to Earth and Earth is entirely changed. And spoilers from a couple weeks ago, not part of the Federation anymore. Um, we, we, we also had a trip to uh, Trill and they've, you know, they've touched on things that, ex- that exist in the Star Trek universe, but they did it in such a way that it does feel like 900 years have happened. Things in the cosmos have changed. And these are people who are dealing with this new reality. And it is, you know, they blend the things are gritty and dirty and, and, and tough with, you know, they mirror, they not mirror, but they contrast it with the some almost somewhat clinical, clean feel of discovery. Um, so it's I'm I'm enjoying it. And and I'm glad, like you said, the, the, the writers have been unshackled with, you know, having to play in that space. I mean, the, the discoveries when it starts off is 10 years before the original series. I remember when they they announced that, and I was like, "That's such a thin space because Kirk is already around, Spock is around. Like, either you 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 wink and nod at them, and you know, and and take away from the main cast, or you somehow avoid them entirely, which feels like purposeful staying away, you know. And it, but they 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 have I think they really found their footing. This setting it so far forward and 
giving them planets to play on that we haven't gone to, but we still have, you know, you still have Andorians, you still have uh, Orions, you still have, you know, Trill and humans, and uh, it just is, I'm enjoying it. And they pull on your heart and hit you straight in the feels. The first two episodes. First oh, man. Oh, pretty, man. Do yeah. they? Yeah. It's uh, you get emotionally invested very quickly. Um, and, and I agree with you. Like they've gotten to because we're 900 years in the future. So certain things still exist, but they can't. They have they have written themselves into a place where they can no longer lean on those things because those things aren't really you know it's 800 years in the future yes we go to trail trail still exists but they're not you know oh here's 900 year old dax you know like they're I'm not so doing glad that. They didn't do that yeah so i was glad. really happy they didn't do that uh but they're they're putting you know and and not everything is hunky-dory anymore so there's conflict that we haven't seen before but they're making the conflict make sense you know it's not just oh everything is shit okay everything is shit but it's people are allowed to be afraid be traumatized be sensitive be uh guarded uh and have to kind of break through those guards and things like that as opposed to just being you know you say the magic word you know federation or starfleet and everything's hunky-dory you know it doesn't work like that anymore now, my, my one concern is now, and keep in mind, I have not watched the show. I, I really haven't. I, I, as much as I love my Star Trek, I, I just I haven't I haven't had the desire to go and watch it uh, yet. You'll get there. It might, it, 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 it'll happen sooner or later. I just I, I really hope that they're they're not if they want to take it in a different direction, that's fine. But it's still got to be Star Trek. Oh, yeah. It, it, it totally is. It, it totally is. Um, and, and I know you guys and the, and the people listening to this podcast will understand what I mean by it's got to be Star Trek. It, it, it Otherwise, it's just another space drama. Right. That's the difference is if you take off the Starfleet emblems, is it just a space drama? And it's not. There's still very much the heart of Starfleet and the heart of Star Trek is still there. Yeah, that's. That's, I think, that's the thing I think I really love with it is like, even though, like we're saying, the world, the the universe, the galaxy has become so hard and gritty. It's, it it reminds you, I hate to use the analogy because for some folks, it's, uh, you know, you throw things at the screen at this, but it, it does have a little bit of the feel of Voyager with the crew of the ship trying to maintain their Starfleet principles while marooned in you know the the delta quadrant this one it's it's a little it's it's still you know we there's so the complication of course is that you know uh warp drive is almost unheard of like something has happened called the burn and warp drives are warp travel is is pretty much gone or you're you know only able to do low speed versions of it um discovery has the spore drive which allows them to travel almost instantaneously anywhere um so it's like you know they come in and they want to just like you know be starfleet of you know 900 years ago and not not recognize that you know the starfleet you know it's what is it 38 worlds 
that are part of the Federation. You know, it, it's not the Starfleet that they knew, but they they kind of are being the bastions of those principles. Um, but yeah, the writing's been great. The acting has been great. I just... <sighs> yeah, it is. It's very much just less I. That's, you know, and it's, it is, it's like any other, and we've said this before on this show, like any other Star Trek, you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. And sometimes if you hate it, you're still going to grow to love it. You know, it's just, they are, you know, no Star Trek is, is perfect. Um, but it's part of the universe and it feels like part of the universe and it, it, you get invested in the characters and the stories and learn who they are just as quickly as we did with any of the other seasons. And one of them is named Kayla. Lieutenant <laughs> 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 Detmer. Yep. Yep. She's All right. Very nice. Yeah. So geek news beyond the Star Treks and the Star Wars is. Oh, what you got, Will? Good grief. I, I got a crap load of Disney news. Oh, boy. Yay, Disney. And I mean a crap load of Disney news. Okay. Uh, which I'll get to in a second. But um, when this episode airs, World of Warcraft Shadowlands will be two days into life. Um, or actually, it will be a couple of days away from being in their life. November 23rd, it goes live. Uh, which is the next expansion of the World of Warcraft universe. Uh, there are all kinds of trailers up. Go take a look at it. Uh, it actually looks really, really good. Speaking of video games and stories. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Joe and I, I like, we got nothing. We're just... <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I, I, I glazed over. It was fine. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I really wish I would have gotten into world of warcraft and not have been not have been tainted by some of the some folks who did who who uh who i guess have kind of ruined it for me like i i i guess what i'm saying is i probably should give it a shot at some time um to to make my own judgment about it instead of going off of the judgment of others well i i can tell you that for me and I, and i play i am by no means a, I will not make my geek points off of this game, but I'm I'm enough. I, I know enough to be conversant in it. Um, there are some really, really, really good stories. This I have heard and been told. Yeah, you know? that's. That, I think our, we have a friend who who I think he plays a lot. Um, still, and and yeah, he has told us the games. Uh you know, told us the lore and stuff and, and the storylines. And yeah, it, it is, uh, it, it does sound intriguing. Yeah. I, 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 like I said, I, I play, uh, as a matter of fact, I just ran through an entire campaign, uh, just last over the last like four or five days. And I had never played it before and I wanted to give it a shot. And I, I was actually upset when the storyline was done. Because it was like, what I, I, I want more. There's, there's no more of this. It's done now. Sad face. That's the mark of a good story. Yeah. Yep. Yes, it is. Uh, so on to my Disney news. Um, just tomorrow, uh, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, who is the chairman of Disney Parks Experiences and Products, <coughs> kicked off the IAAPA Virtual Education Conference with a keynote speech that looked back on the past year 
for Disney Parks. And as you can imagine, the last year for Disney Parks <laughs> has been kind of... Um, ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, they've taken some serious hits. Uh, but like any good company with visionaries and for and foresight and thinkers and imagineers using their terms, uh, they went and dropped all kinds of new knowledge out there in the world. Uh, what have they been doing? Um, how about getting star Wars galactic star cruiser ready to open for 2021? That's that the going hotel to be experience. That's the hotel experience at Walt Disney World in South Florida, which we will have to... Uh, Field trip. Um, I, I was going to say, uh, what is the word that I want here? Um, sh- uh, 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 research for, sh- for the show? <laughs> yes. We, we have yes. to go and do research for the show. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. it is, um, it is uh, clinical research. <laughs> yes, we need to get some empirical data. Um, First-hand accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blue milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do our due diligence. That's right. <laughs> um, so a number of construction photos were put up uh, for, for Galactic Star uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. Also for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which is the new roller coaster experience. Um, that's going to be at Epcot, I believe. Uh, and they also showed some new uh, new pictures and footage of Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure, which is going to happen at the Avengers Campus in Cal- Disney California Adventure. So we need to get out there, too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much down with all of that um, once this, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. COVID thing goes away. Once the world is no longer on fire, we are going places. Um, but for the good I of our will, fans, that's right. We we will go and 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 endure all of this hardship for you. Yes, so we can uh, bring it back to all of you. That's right. <laughs> uh, but just some of the pictures that I'm I'm seeing of like the ride vehicles for Web Slingers, it looks amazing. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is going to be it, it's a, a new. I don't want to say new, but <laughs> Uh, it's an omni coaster. It uh, the what? car, the car itself that you're in on the track of the roller coaster moves as well, like side to side, twist turns. Goodness. There's a video. It, you got to go watch it. It's just a little like maybe a 10 second clip, but it'll give you an idea of what the omni coaster is all about. That sounds um, interesting. Yeah, it really, really is, and they've shown some pictures from the inside uh, where it kind of looks like Space Mountain with the lights on, but I'm sure that once they get everything put together, it'll look really, really good. Um, so uh, Galactic Star Cruiser is already is uh, still being pushing for a 2021 opening, uh, probably late in the year. Um, there's still plenty of like roadside construction pictures. Uh, and whatnot concept art it looks really really good uh especially if they're going to go with the full immersive uh, you go from the hotel to the park uh in a spaceship kind of thing that if they're going to do that that going to be cool as hell yes please yes i want star wars westworld without the <laughs> scary parts <laughs> okay i'm down <laughs> 
Disney California Adventures for Adventures Campus. Um, this tweet was uh, sent out by Disney D23. That land will open uh, July 18th, 2021. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go right with time that. For summer. And yeah. I think we're going to be pretty much down for that. Cool. Everybody wear your freaking masks so we can go to Disney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Tell them. Yeah. Uh, and this last bit is going to be f- directly towards you, KK. Uh-oh. Remy's Ratatouille Adventure <gasps> woo, is Yay! coming to Epcot in 2021. Oh, that's awesome. Joe's a big Ratatouille fan, too. In fact, our rat is named Remy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He's the second Remy that we've He's had. the second Remy. He came with the name, uh, which is kind of how we knew that, that we were meant to rescue him. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, oh, ooh, hey, I, I just saw this. Uh, apparently, Disney's ho- going to have a hotel go up in New York. Okay. In New York. I'm just I'm, huh. I'm looking and reading as we talk. Uh, an updated look on the Disney's Hotel in New York, the art of Marvel at Disneyland Paris. Okay. Never uh, mind. Okay. But still, it looks really freaking cool. Mm-hmm. This so what, what you're saying is we've got to go to. So you're saying is we have to go to Paris. Uh, yeah, Euro Disney's got to be a thing. And while we're at it, we can go check out the new Zootopia mm-hmm. area at Shanghai. Yeah. Well, of I'm, course. I'm, I'm I'm absolutely down with going to Shanghai because they also have that. that Tron one there too. <gasps> That's right. I want to go on Tron. I, I I was the little kid whose bicycle was a light cycle all the time. So I guess you can't wait for the new ride to open at Disney World. Yes. <laughs> need need these things in my life. It is important for my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> and just to round out, uh, like I usually do, I like to have something silly and fun. Uh, I'm sure, Joe, we can get this posted. Uh, America's favorite food chains based on 2020 data from public information and statistics society show every state's favorite restaurant. Weird. And I got to tell you, this list is weird. Yeah, like there's a psychology experiment here somewhere. There, there has to be, especially when you look at um, you take the the most land, one of the most landlocked states in Tennessee, and their favorite is Long John Silver's. <laughs> and you would think Kentucky's favorite restaurant would might be Kentucky Fried Chicken, but no, it's it's not. That's Georgia. I, I like uh, Nebraska and Kansas being Taco Bell. Because there's no shortage of, you know, authentic Mexican in that <laughs> section of the world. I, I was just, could, I was just, that, 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 that's where the demand for. It's, and, yeah. And I don't understand the Denny's in California. That's a I, weird I, one. I don't either. Also, Einstein Brothers Bagels in Idaho. Collected Earlier. this data. I, I, Again, this is just a weird list. That Chuck E. Cheese is on is in three of these states. Yeah, uh, Chick Fil A is in five. Um, I like that both uh, Tennessee and Maine Long John Silvers. That's <laughs> I didn't even know there were still any Long John Silvers left. Hey, there's one down here, and apparently there is in Tennessee and Maine. Apparently. There's one. There's one in Oakland Park, Florida. Huh. Being uh, that I am allergic to fish, I don't pay that much attention, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, anybody else think looking at this list, what's the one thing that stands out that just go that you just look at it and go, 
Freaking really? I don't know all of it, really. Uh, Burger King in Hawaii? How about Alaska with the Bubba Gump Shrimp I was, Company? I was looking at that. Also, um, New Jersey and Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, no. They, they, they're everywhere. Like, kind of funny. Uh, no, no, I they're know. They're everywhere. But also, New York and Sabaro. Um, Again, they're everywhere. I am aware. I used to I used to walk past the giant one in Times Square when I lived in I lived and worked in New York. Um, I do find interesting, and maybe uh, uh, based on 2020 data, so Rainforest Cafe for Colorado. I think we know where that's that's coming from, right? Oh yeah, because oh, the I'm... Rainforest Cafe experience, while stoned, is amazing. Or is that just me? Yes. No, you you <laughs> you have to be impaired at some point. But yeah. <laughs> It could either be amazing or terrifying. <laughs> um, there is a couple of things on here that they did get right, though. Louisiana is Popeyes. You know, I was wondering, uh, Popeyes or would you have gone with Bojangles? Um, no, I would go with Popeyes. North Carolina, though, went Bojangles. Solid pick. Yeah. I miss Bojangles. Uh, Boston Market in Massachusetts. That's a pretty that, decent pull. That's That seems a little on the nose. A little bit. A little and, bit. Uh, and wow, Vermont, uh, New Hampshire, and uh, Rhode Island really love their Duncan. Yeah. It gets cold up there. I, yeah. That's true. This is very true. Um, so I, I don't know too much about out, outside of South Florida, but I, I know that there is one Dave & Buster's in the entirety of the Southeast of Florida region. Mm-hmm. Are there really that many in Florida that it's Florida's favorite food chain? That that kind of surprises me. Like I know they're yeah. around, but their food is not necessarily what they're known for. And definitely I don't see them as like the fast food categories that we're kind of looking at here. Well, it just says chain, doesn't? Cuz like Denny, I w- Denny's I wouldn't consider um fast food. Close. I mean, they're still so, technically a diner, but they're close. So, uh there are two Dave and Busters in the South Florida area. One in Hollywood, one in Miami. Uh, that's why we don't know about it. There are <laughs> two, three, four, five, six other Dave & Buster's throughout the state of Florida. Seems like enough. Daytona Beach, Fort Myers, Jacksonville, Orlando, Panama City Beach, and the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, I kind of got to call shenanigans on that one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't buy that at all. I, I think that they, maybe Dave & Buster spent a little money on advertising. <laughs> it's because a possibility. I've I've personally never had I've never been to a Dave and Buster's. I'd be perfectly okay probably going, but I by no means would they be even in the consideration of a top ten in, as far as food goes. Um, I I've okay. Yeah, I've never found their food to be. It's never been bad. Um, you know, it's kind of high priced bar food. At you know. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's it's got a, a little bit of a TGI Fridays feel to it. Um, but yeah, again, it's like high priced bar food, um, but not, you know, I don't know. Maybe we're living in a bubble and other people are really keen on it. But it seems like down here, there'd be other stuff that's more, you know, like there's a McDonald's on every freaking corner. Um, I've got one that I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about. Oklahoma. Oh, yes. Tim Hortons. Uh, yes. Tim Hortons, for those who are unaware, is a donut shop, uh, kind of in the same. And I will take. Uh, I'm sorry, Canadian listeners. I, I did not mean. I don't mean to insult you. 
uh, but it's kind of in the same vein as uh, as the Dunkin' Donuts uh, or Krispy Kreme. Um, it is a it is a staple uh, of Canadians. They they do it, it. It is the Canadian Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, we can call it what it is. It's the Canadian Dunkin' Donuts. How many Tim Hortons are there in Oklahoma? Do they have like a base there or something? No. I don't know if there are Tim Hortons in like outside of border areas. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, Whoever put this data together, I want to know. I want to know how you got this um, because we're confused. Okay, so I'm pulling up locations of Tim Hortons. Oh shit. <laughs> uh I, I I'm I'm not like yeah, I I don't think there are Tim Hortons look there's a shenanigans. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the, the two restaurants in Hollywood. Not the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely call shenanigans on some of this stuff. I mean, listen, I've had Timbits. They're kinda like the 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 munchkins, but I think a little better. But but I was in Canada at the time and being seduced by Canadians. That's well. If you're gonna get seduced, they're they're so polite and nice. They are all over Ohio. Yeah, I see Ohio. I see Michigan. Yeah, some something is very odd in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, Um, I I I see the In and Out uh, Brigade. It was in full effect. And you know what? It's funny because I hear a lot of people from California uh, talk about In and Out a lot. Yeah, you know, especially like LA. You know, yes. where like all the YouTubers are based. It, it's I have, worth the drive. <laughs> I, I've I've had In and Out. They are they are pretty good burgers. Got to go uh, with monster style. I only, had, I, like... I, I only had one, and I was in LAX. <laughs> <laughs> I was in I was in Phoenix for a week for training, and it was 112 outside. But it was a uh-huh. yep. per- perfect time for a hamburger. Yeah. That's funny. As many times as I've been to Arizona, and I've never, never been to an In and Out. We didn't go. It was delivered. Ah, let's also okay. So Michigan, right? Like my family's from Michigan, and as far as I know, and most people that I know from Michigan will say the same thing: is White Castle is all over Michigan, and they've got. I can't even see. What does that say? What is that? That's not White Castle. Uh, Michigan is Jollibee. I don't even know what that is. I have no idea. Yeah, again, shenanigans. Anywho. It's still fun to talk about. It was still fun to talk about. Oh, yeah. okay. Here, Jollibee is a Filipino multinational chain of fast food restaurants owned by Jollibee Food Corporations. Okay, sure. I think people just <laughs> bought spots on the map, man. Um, apparently, it's it's like a fast food restaurant. Uh, just want to see what the menu looks like. <laughs> We have lost every listener we it's, had. We've everybody's been talking just, about fast food. Oh, <laughs> they do with you people. Chicken door. They do a fried high. chicken. It's just no. no Did you say they do a turducken? Uh, no, fried chicken. Yeah, fried chicken. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> they, they do did fried... a turducken, I, I'm in. <laughs> uh, oh boy. They they also okay. Here is one of the bucket treats. Uh, six-piece chicken chicken joy bucket, one spaghetti family pack, three peach mango pies. That is the weirdest combination of stuff. What bucket, the blazes? Bucket I, treat yeah. C, six-piece chicken joy bucket, one 
Palabok family special. It's a rice dish with hard-boiled eggs and shrimp. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. Not I've never seen never seen fried fried chicken served with spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> sure. Why not? What? Okay. Right. Um, oh, they also do burgers too. Yeah. Okay. Shenanigans. All yep. shenanigans. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> it was still funny. Yeah, it no, was it, funny. It, it's totally funny. funny. <laughs> um. Okay, hit me with your uh, My Little Pony news. Okay, so as as some people might know, I had a birthday recently. Yay! Yeah. Um, and my wonderful, loving, adoring, crazy-ass partner, uh, that's, that's you, got me the Cutie Marks and Dragons My Little Pony Pony set. I now am the proud owner of five my little ponies dressed as standard D characters i i'm i'm in love and yet i feel that i need to unbiasedly review this situation here um for those of you that are are interested or thinking of purchasing it or just kind of want to know i i as after i opened it and pulled everything out because i'm a kid and nothing stays in the box um i was like i should have done an unboxing you know i should have done a uh a, a, a dungeons and dragons unboxing thing and of course just you know didn't grab a camera um but some interesting things about these uh the the it comes with Comes with the five ponies, comes with a Dungeon Master screen, and a lovely giant pink D20. Um, so last night we gamed, and uh, it was the game that I'm DMing, so I, for the first time, used my used the screen. Uh, and the screen is cute. It's fine. It uh, has some really cute stuff in it. Uh, kind of gives you the, the little story of each of these little characters, which is very cute. Uh, kind of just a, it's a standard, you know, DM screen for all intents and purposes, uh, held up well for, for what we were doing. Uh, the D20, um, hmm. Well, can I ask you something as a DM about said DM screen? Yes. Were there any, anything on it to help you like statuses or, no, I have any information? Um, as far as as actually playing D and D with it, no. Uh, the inside, and I'm pulling it out out now because it's still in my DM bag. Um, whereas most DM screens have like your, you know, your cheat sheets of stats and things like that inside that that are helpful uh, to playing D and D. Um, this one doesn't exactly have that. Uh, this is more more of just promo material. Um, it tells you the names. Of, of each of the ponies, and I will I will go through those as I go through each of the ponies, uh, you know, and it has a little blurb in here, you know, a powerful magic known as the Elements of Harmony calls forth five unlikely friends. Together they must use their unique powers to discover an ancient magic hidden within the lost realm of Equestria. So that's cute. Um, and, and, and consistent with the cartoon, uh, there, that is kind of uh, towards the the later episodes uh, of the Friendship is Magic cartoon. That is kind of the plot. Um, so they stayed consistent with that, but it doesn't have your usual like cheat sheet stats and stuff like that in it now. Okay. Um, but I, it's good that I pulled it out because now I actually have all their names. 
Uh, so, okay, so we will get started with the, the top. Where is she? There she is. Um, first, we have Mysteria. Uh, and it says, Mysteria seeks magic and mystery throughout the realm. She embraces each endeavor as an opportunity to learn more about the wanderers of the universe. Mysteria doesn't go anywhere without her books, but if she tries to put them in the wrong saddlebag, it could lead to trouble. And she is the wizard. Um, I picked up the wrong one. There she is. <laughs> so each of the ponies, now here's, here's the thing. Most of my little ponies, uh, to date have had like actual kind of hair you know mane and tail that you can brush and things like that that's part of their charm uh these do not um these uh the manes and tails are all hard plastic like the rest of the bodies and they are not as big as your standard my little pony they're a little bit smaller um but she's cute she has a little um a little cloak with a hood um that's just kind of printed with her saddlebags on it it's I don't know. For the price, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. If you've seen My Little Pony like stuff uh, in the past, it, this just feels like, I guess because it's more of a promo thing than anything, they didn't put as much into it and the cloak is just kind of printed. Um, but she's, she's a gray with a brown mane and tail. Um, she's got a cute little anklet on with a bird. Here's something that upset me. The cutie marks are only on one side. And that, like, that was, like, mm. that's, yeah, that's cheating. Because um, if you know My Little Pony at all, uh, cutie marks are on both sides. You know, they get their, they get their flanks. And uh, hers is hard to really tell. It's, uh, it's kind of like a little, little horseshoe with, like, a little curly cue kind of uh, invoking a, a feel of magic sort of a thing. Um, but yeah, it's only on one side, which is just kind of, that was a little disappointing, but she's cute. So that's Mysteria. Um, Shadow Star. Uh, Shadow Star discovers creatures, discovers creative solutions to any challenge. She and her friends face, sorry, let's try that again with your glasses on, Kayla. Um, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm really fine. I promise I'm, I'm okay. Uh, uh, okay. So Shadow Star. Shadow Scar discovers creative solutions to any challenge she and her friends face. She uses stealth and an intellect to enthusiastically tackle the obstacles in her path and to play pranks on her friends. You never know what new trick Shadow Star has hidden up her cloak, and she is the rogue. Um, Shadow Star is interesting. Uh, she's uh, her cloak. They all have kind of the same little like horse blanket cloak with hood type situation. Um, she's got daggers. Not only does she have daggers, she is kind of bristling with daggers, <laughs> which I think is fun. Um, for anyone that has played a rogue, uh, kind of just, that's par for the course. Uh, <laughs> um, but she has, like, little, um, they're too low to be thigh straps, which I think thigh straps would have been better. Uh, but she has, she has little, like, leather esque looking straps with daggers on them on her legs and she's got boots uh these kind of sexy black and silver accented boots um and she's even wearing uh that um the like lower face like the leather lower face covering type thing uh that you sometimes see mm -hmm. um she's got that uh which is i don't know that can be interpreted a few different ways and she's brown with gray hair 
Uh, and even her cutie mark is a dagger. So so she is very, very stabby. <laughs> um, and she's she's cute. I, I like I appreciate that they went all out with the daggers on her as a rogue. Um, so that's Miss that's Shadowstar. You gotta love the names. Um Okay, let me she okay, get them together. There we go. Um okay, and then we have Valor Stronghuff. She sounds like she should belong to Grog. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um will rush into battle should anyone threaten her friends. She uses her fierce strength and battle-worn shield to courageously defend the party. At the end of a long day, there is nothing Valor Stronghoof wants more than to see her friends safe and sharing a laugh around a fire. And she is the barbarian. And let me tell you, I think she's my favorite, uh, because she she actually does not have the hood situation. She has little furry underwear panty things. Like, she's got furry pants. <laughs> She's so stinking cute <laughs> with her little fuzzy pants. And she has a shield um, kind of strapped onto her leg here. And it's just like a little, little felt deal. Uh, but it's cute. Um, and she looks like she's wearing like the painted part of her. Looks like she's wearing a little leather top and a bone necklace. And she's got, she's got blue hair, which is fun. Um, and the like uh, blue war paint on one side of her face. Um, but I just, I love that she has little fuzzy, little fuzzy pants. Uh, and her cutie mark, her cutie mark is a double bearded battle axe. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was, that was great. That was like, okay, all right. You guys actually thought about this and didn't, didn't was out too much. Um, so yeah, she's super cute. The other thing I don't like as I'm playing with them a little bit here is that um, the tails move like you can you can like wag their tails and stuff like that but they don't like the mane the the molding of the mane kind of stops the tail from moving like all the way around um which is a little weird uh kind of bugs me um because it you know if anybody's like me you want to spin the tail if it's got to be a hard cast tail you want to at least be able to spin the tail it's almost like their bodies are just slightly too short um but that's okay. So that's her. Uh, and then there is Spinner Talltail. Um, has no care for glory. She is joyfully seeking out her next story. Sit down for a spell, and she'll spin you a song. Her skill with the lute helps friends get along. Spinner Talltail knows stories are better when friends gather around to share them together. Of course, that had to be the rhyme of it all. Um, and she is the bard. Uh, she's super cute. Um, she has, you know, the, uh, the blanket, but her, uh, her little blanket outfit thing, uh, has like a high stiff collar, which is really cute. Um, and she, like the shield on the barbarian, she is holding a little, like, felt loot situation. She's brown with white hair. Her cutie mark, I can't see. <laughs> uh, her cutie mark is also the, the little loot on, on her little butt there, uh, which is cute. Um. But again, you know, I just, I feel like they just cheaped out a little bit on the, uh, the clothes, you know, they could have just done a little bit, a little bit better material, a little bit more work on the clothes I would have appreciated. Um, but I'm sure they don't even expect people to take these out of the box. Like these are things that people are going to buy and like put on their shelves, but they should be played with. Toys should be played with. Yes. (laughs) Uh, and last but not least, um, I think she's really cute. Uh, is the uh, Woodheart the Kind. 
finds beauty in nature no matter where the trail may lead. She loves each of the many camp companions the forest provides, especially her f- familiar little knight. Caring, caring and thoughtful, Woodheart knows that a good berry a day will keep the uh, Almira loyal. Uh, Almira a loyal friend, uh, and she is the druid. Um, she is adorable. Uh, she's white with like a, a uh, like a mint colored uh, mane and tail, and her her cloak thing is looks like it's made out of. It's printed. Uh, to look like it's made out of leaves, and her little companion is kind of in the pocket. I was a little disappointed that it, the companion was just kind of printed on there. I was kind of hoping that that would actually be like a little extra, um, that she actually had her little familiar. Funny part is her cutie mark is a sickle, which I was kind of not expecting. Well, I mean, odd. It yeah, well, it, it odd is, choice. It, it is a druid weapon. It is a druid weapon. I will give you that. Um, a little bit more, and I guess if the if if the one was bristling with daggers, then this one having a sickle is not is not necessarily completely out of character. But I, I expected because she's so pretty, she's so dainty, girly, um, that I expected something. But I guess that's the fun surprise is she's all dainty, girly, but she will kick your ass with her sickle. <laughs> I mean, it's it's only a D four slashing damage, so oh, yeah, that's not too bad. Um, but uh, and she has and she's got the the quintessential crown of leaves and feathers and pretty blue eyes. Uh, so she's she's very much the the girly druid, uh, the 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 soft and gentle nature lover girly druid. Uh, and she's super cute. I think she's fun. Um, and even yet, yeah, her tail actually will spin spin all the way around, which is cool. Um, because her hair is is much softer than the others. Uh. But yeah, so that's that's them. Um, the illustrations are actually really, really nice. Uh, I dig on the artwork um, of them. And I think that if the they looked more like the illustrations, I would have been a little happier with, with how they came out, especially for the price. Um, but overall, they're fun. They're cute. Uh, the DM screen is functional, even if it doesn't have all of the, the normal stuff that we see, the, the cheaty stuff uh, on it. Um, and I mean, like these days, most people are running off their computers and they've got D and D beyond in front of them, you know, anyway, so, so less of a hit, um, but yeah, it's cute. It's fun. I think that if you have a little one that is into D and D and into my little pony, I think this is an awesome crossover for them. They're definitely more durable because they don't have the like brushable, manipulatable hair. Um, I'm sure that there are some parents out there that, uh, appreciate that um it says the for eight up. get the brushable get chewing gum stuck in exactly <laughs> you know it just ends up frizzy and uh and broken and all of those things any parent that's ever had to deal with a doll with hair uh has dealt with those things so this is maybe just a little bit easier because you're getting five of them at once um to not have to deal with that although pro tip if you are a parent out there of a geeky child and you have my little ponies and stuff like that uh fabric softener will calm that shit down real fast don't soak the whole doll just the hair in fabric softener and you can comb it out and it will chill out and be calm and non-frizzy again just just throwing that out there for the parents uh listening uh (laughs) the things you learn um, so yeah, that's that's my little pony, cutie marks and dragons. Um I really wanted 
I wanted there to be like a little, I don't know, a little adventure or something. Like I want to write an adventure now. Um, but I think it would have been cool had they thought about it, or maybe this is something that'll come out later, uh, to put together some kind of like a um a pre-gen uh adventure that you could play through with your kids using using the using the ponies. I think that would have made them more useful. I think that would have made them uh kind of more desirable um is it's kind of it's a good gateway um mm-hmm. to teaching your kids D if you had like a little adventure that you could run uh that involved the ponies i think that would be really cool but it also gives uh leaves it open for the imagination for you know little ones to uh to do that on their own and kind of use the the ponies as part of the story so and the d20 i hate to say this i really hate to say this because overall i like the set um, but the D20 rolls like crap. <laughs> I don't know if it's just mine, but like when we were playing last night, um, I rolled with it a couple, like a, a few times just to see. And it was, it was not good. That with that one, she went into jail. Uh, so be careful. Uh, definitely check out your D20 before you roll it in game. Cause mine did not roll well and it was very clunky. Um, but then it's an oversized one and the oversized ones are always weird. Yeah. Oversized dice have have that problem with uh, with rolling because they're so much mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're always a, a little weird. Um, but you know, it's something that you can threaten your players with. That if they're they're not good, you're going to roll the bright pink dice at them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so that was it. Um, I had I had one other piece, and I don't I don't know. You can cut this out if you want to. I don't know if this is necessarily, but we've talked about stuff like this before. Um, but it's something that I wanted to bring up because I thought that it was just really cool. Um, and it, you know, it's a little political, but not terribly. I think it's in the right direction. Um, is now that the election is over and our new president is is starting to put together teams and and put together plans for things, uh, he has added uh, transgender veterans to. Uh, the presidential transition transitional team um kind yeah, that of that is really cool yeah I, I think that's i think that's pretty incredible um within the department of defense you know he's he's wanting to uh extend that olive branch and make it very clear that you know the beliefs that the transgender individuals have every right uh to be part of the military um and uh, he's he's putting together some really cool agencies that include that's in this particular one. They they actually name uh, Sean Skelly uh, has been tapped as part of the group that will evaluate the Department of Defense. Uh, and I just think that's really I think that's awesome. And I think that it deserves being recognized uh, and spoken about um, as part of just uh, the hope and the way forward uh, that things are going. So I thought I would mention that. That's very cool. That is very cool. Um, that's about all I had. Uh, the the pony thing was a bit long, so I don't want to. It's been a long show already. Um, yep. But uh, our 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 dear guests had to go. Yep, they did. Um, but had they not gone? Well, um, can I can I do one one bit of? Oh yeah, yeah. Me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Of course. Uh so uh. Will and I being, and, and Kayla being big space geeks, uh, SpaceX launched four astronauts, uh, was it uh, yesterday, Sunday, uh, uh-huh. to the uh, space station. So uh, 
they worked out whatever problems because I know there were some concerns on the uh, with the reentry last time, and uh, they worked out whatever um, so they could launch for this year. Uh, and from what I remember, this mission is going to be the these four astronauts are going to be on the space station for a longer period of time. Um, and the cute factor, of course, because there must be something cute. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, and it's gone around the social medias. Uh, they have a the child that uh, was being used to show when they had got to uh, zero or technically microgravity. Uh, so there's a little baby Yoda floating around up up there. Uh, yeah, there that's a, cute. Yep. Um, so this uh, good luck to the crew, and uh, it is great to see astronauts uh, going to the International Space Station via. The uh, Cape Canaveral launch site. So, cool. uh, the other, the only other thing I had is, uh, hey, do you guys know the actress Amy uh, Garcia? Name sounds I'm, familiar. I'm terrible. Uh, if you're a fan of Dexter or Lucifer, uh, on Dexter she was Angel's younger sister, and on Lucifer she is the forensic. Yes. Uh, yes, well, she is the cutest damn thing. Well. Amy Garcia and AJ Mendez, uh, who is a former WWE superstar and a New York Times bestseller, uh, have teamed up for the second time with IDW to do a D&D uh, comic book uh, at the oh. Spine of the World, uh, which is uh, based on the uh, Icewind Dale uh, adventure path that uh, has been out since September. Um, so, uh, as the promo is no group, no problem, get your Icewind Dale fix and comics with at the spine of the world. So, uh, it's, uh, they believe the first issue is on the stands now, as they say. Oh, and, uh, so that, and, uh, uh, when this releases, it will be two days after, uh, it's two days after the release of Tasha's cauldron of everything, uh, which mm. is the new, uh, players but well i mean it's for everybody everybody plays because there's uh new subclasses and, and a new class uh for uh players there are uh advice on and and examples of puzzles and traps for dms uh this book will also contain the update to um how races are handled uh within the DD uh character creation process oh cool um, so this is the from from the they also uh, there will be guidelines. There's also guidelines in the book on say you are playing as a rogue assassin and decide you'd rather be a rogue thief. There are rules uh, for how to change your subclass. Um, so this it's looks a good like, addition. Yeah, this this looks like it is a pretty good addition uh, added book to the to the the D and D uh, library. Um, and I think it is the last, last product coming out. I, I think there are a couple other products coming out with it. Um, uh, I think there's like a dice set and a couple other things, but uh, I believe this is the last major product product coming out from D and D, uh, for, uh, the year. Um, and as always, there is a, uh, standard cover which you can get at any location um and there is a alt cover which is available uh it's 
it's soft touch finish. It's like all the other ones, uh, except for the it is in a different style than the previous uh, alt covers. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, that will be out tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, when of uh, our recording, two days ago, as of when you're listening to this. And hey, uh, speaking of things coming out. When you're listening to this episode tomorrow, uh, when you're listening to this episode on Thursday, the 19th, you'll also be able to go and get some the geekiest podcast merchandise. Uh, we'll have the link in the show notes, uh, but uh, you, we will have available right away the geekiest uh, podcast logo on all sorts of products, including T-shirts and coffee mugs and everything like that. So. So we got merch, baby. We got merch. All right. So, consulting the big board. Consulting the big board. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, well, it's been an interesting evening. Um, so, tied for first place uh, would have been Ed and Will at five. Uh, mm. Matt, nice. Matt coming behind second with a respectable three. Uh, unfortunately, Matt had some technical difficulties. Uh, I'm sure he would have been up there uh had he not um so solid nod to that and then joe and i tying for uh the the last part of it with two hey so will yes sir where can folks find you on the internet uh they can find me on the instagram and the twitter at geekiest will dun 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 Kayla, where can they find you on the internet? Oh boy, okay. You can find me on the Twits at Hawk underscore Kayla. You can find me on Instagram at Geekiest Kayla. Uh, you can find me playing Jade on the Dungeons and Dragons uh, 5th edition actual play podcast, Not Safe for Wizards. Uh, you can find me uh, in, if you are local, uh, in the downtown Davie area. If you want to come check out our fun geeky thrift shop. Secondhand Goddess, you can find us at 4148 Davy Road, as well as Secondhand Goddess on all of the social medias, including, because I'm crazy, TikTok. Woo! Woo <laughs> hey, Joe! Yeah? Where can they find you on the interwebs? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Demorgus. Uh, you can follow this podcast uh, across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Geekiest Pod. Um... You can find me being the DM of the Not Safe for Wizards 5th Edition Actual Play Podcast. Uh, you can find me behind the counter at uh, the Secondhand Goddess Store in downtown Davie. Uh, and uh, pretty soon you'll also be able to find me on TikTok uh, doing the Evolving DM, doing uh, quick hits, uh, DMing advice, answering questions, that sort of stuff. Look for that soon. And I think that's about it. So. We are, I don't know, eight and a half, almost nine months into this. Uh, we keep reminding you, please follow social distancing rules. Please wear a mask. Please wash your hands. Please, as Pete would say, don't be a dick. Uh, we believe Black Lives Matter. We thank you for listening this week, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Leave the world a better place than you found it, kids. That's right. Bye. Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be, share the podcast with your friends, family, 
coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, that would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.